and welcome to episode 410 of the Awesome Comics Podcast, a place where the small press makes one hell of a big noise. My name's Vince Hunt, and joining me as always is the creator of the comic series Vanguard, Dan Butcher. Hello. The People's Champion, and everyone's favourite flavour of crisp, Tony Esmond. Hello. And this week, we're also joined... We're in trouble, bang in trouble this week. Um, Joined by friend of the show, brilliant artist, and professional lunatic, it's the one and only... (laughs) Cliff Cumber. Hello, sir. I was I was absolutely certain, Vince, you weren't going to say my name after that, and it was going to be somebody else. <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, credit where credit's such due. A kind, you are such a lunatic. Such a kind introduction. Well, thank you. Am I a lunatic? I've been on the meds. I've been on the meds. And um, my wife, was. Uh, she said I don't have to use crayons when I'm drawing anymore. So I'm, oh, I'm on the very mend. Nice, oh, that's good, though, yeah. Yeah. On the mend. On the yeah. mend. Yeah, I'll tell you, you do get you do get good work out of him when you say to him, "Just do your nuttiest best," because we've got uh, he's done two pages in our upcoming comic, and they are mentally oh, that's good. Right. Yeah, very good. Ah, <laughs> oh, fantastic. Yeah. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. That one has a giant penis in it. <laughs> Sorry, as you can tell, there's so much to Sorry. look forward Welcome to on to this the week's show. show. Welcome to the show, everyone. <laughs> the, the same great weekly comic content that you come to expect from this show. Um, and listeners new and old um, thank you for, very much for joining us this week we're going to be getting a little bit dystopian only in terms of topic because we're just talking about dystopian yeah. uh, comics um, this week which is a fascinating sort of genre of comics that we haven't really um, tackled as such quite a wide uh, genre isn't it yeah. we can chat yeah. about it this week yeah, there's a lot yeah. to it isn't it you know yeah yeah so um, you know if you like those sort of comics and I'm sure there's a lot of people who do and that sort of um, that genre, and I'm not going to say too much about it because we're going to get in deep into the weeds as Prison we always kit. do. Yeah. Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> Already started. Um, but before we get into that, there's so much. We've also got lots of comments to talk about this week as well. So bang so, loads. You so got a load. Buckle up because it's going to be a fun one this week. Yeah. And do you know what else is always fun? Comic house. Yes. And hand jobs. And comic house. To be fair, they're not always fun. No, sometimes they hurt, they hurt, don't they? I cry a lot at the end of mine. That's a good cry, though, isn't it? it not really. <laughs> I'm meeting you for dinner. Don't be doing it over dinner on Sunday. Giving you a don't want to do it over dinner. No, cream your coffee. Oh, Special service. Jesus. Jesus Christ. It's gone bad already. Do you know where it's else you can find already. lots of happy endings? On Comic <laughs> House. Nobody cries at the end of these ones, though. No, no, because Comic House are our sponsor. Wonderful people, Pete and the Comic House gang, doing great work for indie comics because they love indie comics as much as we do. And on their uh, marketplace, I got put off by all the talk about (laughs) jizz. It wasn't all about jizz. He's imagining it, he's thinking about jizz. It doesn't always end that way. No, no. Sometimes invisible. What? We'll get back. We'll, we'll, we'll circle back to that. Um, but if you go, I, to... I have to fake it occasionally. <laughs> what, what, what does that sound? No. Uh, if you go to comichouse.com, you can check out. There's loads of uh, t- indie comic titles on the database. If you self-publish, you can list your book on there as well. And it's another avenue to get your work out into the world. As is the Comic House app. Basically, our Netflix for comics subscription service, only £3 a month, and you get access to an enormous library of digital indie comics that we talk about every single week. 
guests past present and future have been on there or we're all on there in some way shape or form yes and dan yeah. there's there's a there's another fresh bit of news isn't there breaking oh, news yes exciting. breaking news fractures issue one uh guest from was it two shows ago wolfgang yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, his book's now on the, the Comic House app. So Get on it. Yeah, if you've not read yeah. it, go back, read uh, Wolfgang Crow's book, and then listen to the pod, or vice yeah. versa, and see yeah. what you think. Yes. How good uh, is that? Yes. Great. So, which is brilliant. Yeah. And Our uh, friends at Colossi Press. Yeah. Yeah, good lads. Yeah. Or people, rather. Sorry. <laughs> I just love it when you try to correct yourself, Tony. Well, no. It's a rare thing, but occasionally yeah, I do exactly. people That's I like. I find such, <laughs> yeah, such yeah, entertainment yeah. in it. And uh, I always find entertainment on Comic House. So um, Why do they still sponsor us? I don't know. With adverts like this, what I are they doing? I don't think he, he can't listen. <laughs> he does. He sends us messages saying yeah, that one yeah, made he me does. laugh. No, I'm like, no, oh, fuck. Yeah. He, we, we genuinely love, love those guys. And thank you very much for all the support. If you want to find out more about them in a 14-day free trial for the app, then check out comichouse.com. Yeah. Um, so there you go. Well, uh, what, what did you do in your sponsorship ad? Uh, well, within Talked about ten, jizz. Ten seconds, we were talking about semen. <laughs> Hi. Running, running down the walls. It was everywhere. <laughs> Why is it down the walls now? I thought it was just... Right, okay. <laughs> is I it invisible if you, use, spoon. If you oh. use one of those luminous lights? Is it invisible then? Are you talking What's about like a black light? Envisages, yeah. Envisages. Invisible, that invisible sounds like jizz. an advert that you like. You, you, you're watching TV. I don't think that character was in Legion about of half three, and there's like a like one of those terrible adverts for a product, like for the envisages. <laughs> they yeah. they'd have never made it onto Krakoa, would they? No, never. Which is another another word for a happy ending, a Krakoa. Oh, that's what I'm going to shout now. Krakoa. <laughs> Is, was that was that how it's going to sound, Tony? Krakoa, come on, put some more effort. Into it, I'm 55 give, years old, man. By the time I reach that like, point, I'm I'm just wanting to go to sleep. Come on, do you know on. what I mean? I mean, come on, let, let, Dan. Go on, give us give us your best Krakoa. Krakoa. <laughs> <laughs> that was proper acting. That was amazing acting. Krakoa. Why has it gone so good. wrong already? Why? <laughs> was that- Krakoa. It was destined like... to be this way. Oh, Cliff, it's you. <laughs> I'll tell you what. It was the, it was the end. It was yeah. the end that got me. It was just so sad. Krakoa. It was like, That's like the last. <laughs> that was that was so sad. It could be the last Wolverine movie. That was how sad I was. <laughs> Spoilers. The, the alternate <laughs> ending. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> just he, does the jizz and feels just, sad. Jizzes himself. He just he it's does like... the jizz and gets that guilt of why am I doing this to myself. Sitting it's on like the couch with the map Blade of Africa Runner. next to him watching Babe Station, you know. <laughs> it's it's like if an orgasm was the end of Blade Runner, you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. If, yeah. if Rick Deckard was watching Babe Station at 2am because he couldn't sleep and the family were all asleep upstairs, that's what that would be. Yeah. Just yeah. disappearing like jizz in the rain. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. This is, okay. this is highbrow entertainment, as Got a you quiz. know, um, folks, yes, and it's, it's fastly turning into I a feel. dystopian episode. But before yeah. we do, um, Tony has been out and about, and therefore mm. he's figured out a quiz for us, as he, as he says. So, Tony, tell us all about it. It's not the most original of quizzes. Don't get excited. It's called the Who Did Tony See at the Comic Mart Today? That's the name of the quiz. Firstly, so I saw how was the comic person... mart? Was it good? Uh, it's all right. It was a bit of one of those ones that was half Funko, half Comic Mart. So okay. I'm not convinced by it. No, Q okay. was too long. Um, I got. I bought a rucksack full again. 
you know what I mean? Uh, excellent. Yeah. I had a excellent. coffee with Simon <laughs> and uh, Falpy, Simon Rosslyn and Adam Falp. Um, and Simon gave me a great comic called, I'm going to read you the title, The Crimson Gash versus Hitler. And it's from, it unsurprisingly, from Eros Comics. It sounds like it a winner. Get better than that, does it? Yeah, that's a good, that's a good title, isn't it? I think that's possibly the best title ever. I think so. Why is it crimson? I don't know. It's in crimson. black and white, though. So you angry, can't angry. <laughs> in it always. Right. So I saw someone at the comic market. So I'm going to give you Christ. two clues. Yeah. I was already sent you a picture of a man with his back to me because I subtly took a picture of his back wearing mm. a black, a, wearing a baseball cap, a long a long dark coat, and he's got sort of darkish hair, isn't he? It was like a Batman baseball cap as well. Yeah, it was. So That's true. So we'll add one question each. Yeah, well, yeah. And also, I can tell you, he was there with his son. So he wasn't buying comics. He was there with his son who was looking at Funkos and he was talking to him about the Funkos. Um, um, okay. So let's see how we get on after one question each. And then I might give you another round. Hmm. So who would like to go? So you can, you can either work individually or you can work as a team here. Let's, let's work as a team. Okay. So I'll allow you to converse between questions. Okay. Yeah. So we we'll start right. off. Who's who's going to ask the first question? Uh, shall I go first? Yeah. yeah, go on. Is he in TV and film? Yes. There you go. That, that narrows it down to a couple of million people. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ! That wasn't that wasn't what I was expecting. Yeah, um, I'm just going to give you yes or no answers. By the way. Okay. Um, I might give you a bit more. I mean, this is a pretty broad question. Are they Britain? Uh, question, um, <laughs> That's going to be a recurring theme throughout the show. Uh, I think so. Are they are they uh, British or English? Or... Yes. Right. Cliff, you could you could you could resoundly come in here, just fucking white. Well, just take it all away. Yeah. Uh, that's, when... Yes, that's um, about ninety nine percent not likely to happen. But um, <laughs> I don't know how you could in... not get it from that. Is he is he in pornography? <laughs> no, I'm not going to allow you that question. You've got to ask Why a not? question because you know I don't know the names of anyone in pornography because I don't agree with it. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, no, sorry, Karen. sorry, sorry. I, I, I forget. You watch an awful lot of it to remain ever vigilant for the rest. Yeah, of the I'm watching things. out for dangerous things. No names. All right. Is it yeah, is it is he in um, serving now? So is he an actor? No. I'm no, going to give I'm you another not. round. Another round. Round two, back to Dan. Okay. So we know. Let's 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 work the clues out. What you figured out? He's in movies and TV. He's British and he's not an actor. So I will give you a one. I'll give you an answer. Answer. I won't say who he is, but I might. If you asked me something, I might give you more than a yes or no in this round. Oh shit! Uh... Think about what you're going to ask. Man. Uh... If anyone's got a question, feel free to jump in. Yeah, it's freestyle now. Yeah. One each from now on. Whoever wants to jump in. Uh, uh, it... are, uh, um, are they a comedian? Would we know him? Yes, they are a comedian. Well done, Vince. Comedian. Uh, well, comedian in the widest sense of the word. They consider themselves to be one. I do not consider them to be one. Oh, there's a... That's a big clue for you. Oh, man. Uh, it's it's kind of hard. Is it? No, I meant the question. <laughs> the, uh, Graham Linham? No. Oh, shit. That would be a bad one. Uh, <laughs> Adam Buxton? No. Oh, Round three. One. Round that's three. 
Oh. You're already specifically jumping to names now. You should be closing the oh, circle yeah. a bit more rather yeah. than yeah. just yeah yeah. Okay. Are they a stand-up comedian or is they like a TV comedian? I think they've done stand-up, but mostly they do comedy as part of quiz shows. Yeah, that's a big oh, clue for you. Okay. Oh, oh, is it Stephen Fry? No. He was there with his son. Is that what you said? <laughs> yeah. Hey, I'm not judging. Oi! <laughs> he gets in trouble for that one. <laughs> but, but he doesn't have a son. <laughs> oh, good point. Yeah, good point. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. They could adopt one. Maybe they got oh, are one. You, are you absolutely sure that was his son, Tony? Yes. Okay. Um, has he done acting? Uh, not that I know of. No. no. Has he done? He's done stand up. I think so, but I've never seen. Oh, he has done stand up. He has tell a lie. I've seen him do it. Yeah, he does often does hosting of shows where they stand up as well. So he's a, okay. He's a TV host mostly. Yeah. Okay. Now another question. Cliff's had his question now, so okay. one of you two's got to ask. Question Sorry, yeah, I had like three yeah. questions. Uh, so. Is it Rob Brydon? No. <laughs> Close, but no. Um. God. Ah. Uh... Oh. Do they wear glasses? Uh, I think they might not always. Oh, that's, a that's, a... <laughs> that's a fucking generic. <laughs> Come on, you got, there's, a, there's a big way of... You got a... That was a not a bad have... one for lun- limiting the circle, but come on, think about we're drawing in and we're drawing in and drawing in, aren't we? Does he have facial hair? No. No facial hair. Good question, though. What TV show would he have appeared on? That's a bit too direct. It's only yes or no, isn't it? I think he does. No, no, no. I'll, go, I'll, I'll do that one. I think he does like Thingy at Night at the Apollo. I think he's done that one. He does a quiz show on a Saturday night. I don't know the name of it, where chairs whiz round in a big circle. Oh, it's not fucking Michael McIntyre, is it? It is. Vince has got oh, it. Oh, yeah. hey. I have <laughs> no idea who that is. <laughs> I did. I said that to Simon Russell as well. So, oh, Michael McIntyre's over there. I don't know. I don't watch television. Don't know that is. <laughs> he's wearing a Batman cap, so I guess he's got skin in the game, as it were. Yeah, must do. Anyone, yeah. look, if you go to a fucking Primark, you can buy a Batman yeah, cap. Fair, Doesn't fair necessarily play. mean you know fair who play. Batman really is. I say no, Batman really is. Everyone knows who he yeah, is. Yeah, I mean, yeah. <laughs> Apart from that's the, the whole in his plan, isn't it? Yeah. So yeah. was his son hoovering up Funko Pops? I think so. They were talking about them. Yeah. What what Funko Pop uh, did the younger? I didn't see him buy one. Back. He didn't buy I didn't, one. I didn't hang about that long. Yeah, uh, yeah, that'd be weird if you were just observing them from then on. Oh, yeah. Michael McIntyre, yeah. and that was your trip for the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> just followed them around, tried to follow them home, yeah. didn't get work so, out well. So, did you get any swag from the uh, comic Mark? Do you want to talk about T? Uh, no, just I got uh, Crimson Gash. <clears throat> that was a good. That was a good one. Um, I got some. Uh, I got a comic called um, the Cosmic Comics, which is for anyone who knows that one will know. I bought it off Old Git actually. So Old Git is um um he sells mostly sort of erotic comics there. So I bought that off him. Is that the <laughs> was that the one that I saw last time that I was pointing at and going, Oh look look at that one and then they gave me a funny look. Yeah, that's the one. Do you remember yeah. when I bought yeah. um Orgasm Island from that store? Do you yeah, remember? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's, that's remember all. it fondly. I filled in a few holes What's in my first purpose comic. What's you happening? mean Krakoa Krakoa Island? Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to write to Tom Brevoort <laughs> and tell him that he's now become a 
code it's word. It's a euphemism for yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. You didn't say it right either, Cliff. You got to say it properly. <laughs> don't make him bully into doing things he does this on this no show. no i'm i'm happy to be just i'm happy to be quite submissive to vince it's fine we we can go. Get oh. finally <laughs> finally a guest <laughs> a guest i approve of <laughs> what's well, a safe word it's yeah. <clears throat> right oh, so God. that was my uh that was tony's amazing quiz nice one yeah, yeah, there you, you go. Got it. Well done. And for all the people out there who guessed it, well done. If all the people who, out there who don't know Mac- Michael McIntyre, well done. And <laughs> <laughs> he's sort of light entertainment Saturday night kind of. Yeah. Yeah. Comedy. Well, where, where, where does he fall on the uh, celebrity ladder? Uh, you know, the sort of the A, B, C. Well, I tell he's you quite what, a big. He's got. He gets about, a lot of money, doesn't he? Off the yeah, BBC, I think he about five, five years ago, five ten years ago, he was absolutely just the king of primetime, wasn't he? On like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I sent, I sent Sam from Nobrow. I sent him a message with that picture I sent you. With today, I saw Michael McIntyre at the Comic Mart. This photo in no way proves that I am telling the truth. I am not <laughs> proud of myself. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Tony, yeah. it wouldn't be you if we weren't wondering if it was true or not. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Thank you very much. Yeah, proud of that. <laughs> exactly. Lots of smoke and mirrors. Yeah, lots of smoke. Yeah, indeed, indeed. I mean, and I was distracted by the picture you sent me of Falpy as well. So um... <laughs> Falpy holding up the pornographic comic. Yeah, yeah. It was quite a quite a first page of the comic. <laughs> uh, the best yeah. thing about that, I was oh, sitting with God. Falpy, and I said. I'm going to ask him if they like nine panel grids because there's a, basically a blowjob scene that's split into like a Watchmen yeah. nine panel. Yeah. And I said, oh, I thought I'm going to get one of them. I'm fucking definitely going to get one of them. I said, what do you guys think of nine panel grids? And uh, Cliff came back with straight away with, oh, do you mean as a creator or as a reader? You know, starting an intellectual conversation. I thought, I said, at the which point I said to Falpy, right, I've got him. Woe be- yeah, betide anyone that actually wants to have a, a genuine conversation about it as well. The nine panel grid. Well, I knew something was coming, and uh, it, it certainly it, does. It did in a couple of ways, um, you know, but primarily it was like, oh, is, I couldn't work out. Is Tony really asking me, sort of, you know, is Tony really asking a sort of academic intellectual question about, you know, no. the, the necessity no. for the nine panel grid? No, no, it was just about how to move along a blowjob scene, basically. No, I, yeah. It was, it was, it was just I could get you to say you really like them, and I'd say, "What about this one?" Ah, the the trick, yes. the trick is, Cliff. If you've already started to ask the question, is Tony? Yeah. If you've started to ask the question, you know the answer deep down. You yeah. know well, it's true, right? I, f- I find at that point it's sort of you know like it, when when you're sort of you, you you you're on the edge of a cliff, and you're just sort of you know you just that moment before you know you're going to fall. So you've got a choice, right? Either you can struggle against it, or you can just <laughs> lean into it and just let go. Um, yeah. And I just, I, I fling yourself into by, my arms. Death <laughs> by, I, death by Tony. I felt was the oh easiest god. and quickest answer. It's a beautiful way to go, Cliff. Oh my god! It was, yeah, it, it, yeah. It was a very, it was like the petit mort. It was like, um, you know, the the little death there where I, this I is... jumped right <laughs> up. What, what's happening, Dan? I don't. I, I don't no, Dan's looking very gangster in his photograph online yeah. though today. Yeah. And in real life. <laughs> Always in <Yeah>. real life. <laughs> yeah. Says Ken. Ken. Yeah. Ken. Uh, well, we, we've actually invited Cliff on today for a very special reason, haven't we? Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't this. It wasn't no. this. It wasn't this. It um, wasn't this. <laughs> oh, God, it wasn't this. Um, but yes, I know this episode currently seems like it's heading to some dystopian landscape without hope. But that happens to be on point because uh 
that's our topic this week. Yeah. We uh, we decided that we we thought, well, you know, dystopian comics. When when you look at it, the genre just completely expands. But what do we mean by dystopia? See, this is where all the jizz and all the sex jokes aside, we'll probably get quite serious now for the, <laughs> the next forty yeah. minutes as we yeah. dissect an actual genuine right. topic. Um, now we've got rid of all of the people yeah, who are yeah, going to be like, interested in the Got all the venom discussion. out of the system. Got all of the... <laughs> we just cleanse the system of all the venom. But what do we mean when we um, say dystopian? Well, over to Education Corner. Tony Esmond, take it away. Well, the dictionary definition... Thanks for asking, uh, Vince. The dictionary definition is relating to or denoting an imagined state or society where there is great suffering or injustice. And that's pretty weird. So people think of dystopian as like far-flung future, you know, this sort of thing. doesn't have to be. Yeah. So it's the suffering or injustice, yeah. great suffering or injustice in the state or society. Yes. So that's what it is. This yeah. is a um, hugely popular um, sort of storytelling form in comics, a, a backdrop for many stories, many of them classics. Um let, let's just run off a few just off the top of our heads that we can think of. I mean, V for Vendetta is that's yes. got to be. I think that's got to be the daddy, especially mm. from a British point of view. Yeah, I think V for Vendetta is kind of the daddy because it is essentially nine eighty four in it. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. Um, and it's not a far flung like alien future or anything. It's it's an imagined as we, as you said an imagined state and society, yeah. isn't it? So, what are the ones? That and it worth, worthy of note in connection to that is the Captain Britain issue with Alan Davis. Um, I'm not sure if it's Jamie Delano or Alan Moore at that point, where the um, he's in a 1984 Britain, um, right? From you know the one, oh, oh yes, don't yes. you? Yes, yeah. yes, absolutely, yeah. That was part of the sort of multiversal series, but yeah, yeah, he was, yeah, it's the very like Warp and everything else. Yeah, yeah. we've got classic Dread. Yeah, a lot of 2000 yeah. AD is to be fair. Yeah. Isn't it? Even ABC Warriors and stuff like that. A lot of that is. Even but, robust to, to a certain extent. Yeah, well, the thing about the important, and I, I was thinking about this, like dread. Oh, obviously, a classic, a classic version of it. But that also ties into something that I kind of want to set aside in this discussion, and that is the post-apocalyptic. Yeah. Because um, we've had we, we have had big discussions about po you know post-apocalyptic comics, etc. And there's loads of them out there. We know what they're all like. But I think when it comes to dread, <clears throat> it is a dystopian society. But with most of these comics, it's post-apocalyptic to get us to the state that you want to be that the, the apocalypse is the backdrop isn't it really yeah just like mm. this ha this happened and now society is like this it's almost a storytelling shorthand it's like well this mm. happened so now this is the way things are yeah you know um yeah, it's the impetus some, some, some kind story, of disaster right? yeah, yeah i don't i don't think it necessarily has to be like a nuclear war ending it no, can no, be no, something no. else like a yeah. world flood like in water world or something yeah. like that you know or, yeah or viruses um, i'm going to talk about like one that. in a minute yeah yeah, just, yeah. But if you look at the list of dystopian comics online, there's a Goodreads, which is about the best one I could find. Mm. It's got some interesting ones in there you, you wouldn't necessarily think of. Go and on. one of the ones it, it quotes is Mouse. Yeah. Oh. I don't know about that. Mm. Which I'm not sure know. about. I'm that's not sure about that. Either. That's an actual historical <laughs> thing that happened. I think dystopias are more imagined futures. Yeah, yeah, yeah I would I like that too. But it, isn't it when imagined? Well, yeah, it, through allegory, isn't it? For you, yeah. well, that's the thing. I think, but you know, there are dystopias, so definitely, you know, you would have been living in an actual dystopia at the time that it was happening. But then there's the storytelling dystopia, there's the fictional yeah. narrative dystopia, which is kind of more allegorical, yeah. 
yeah. uh, in terms of sort of there's a point to the dystopian story, you know, that's either political or tries to underscore kind of um, what what happens when we as a race, as, as humans make mistakes. Yeah. Yeah. You know, political yeah. or otherwise. And so, the, the allegorical I mean, is, is all over dystopian stuff because it is yeah. like hypothesizing. Yeah, it always has that hidden meaning. Like, like yeah. you know, take dread, for instance, you know, if we say that one, okay, the, the state is like this. Why is it like this? What does it mean? You know, what what's the messaging behind it and stuff? Yeah. Um, so I think that it 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 it, it they're also dystopias are sort of uh, you know not only that they're, they're caused by some sort of collapse in the way that we live. You know, it's either social, hmm. or economic, you know, poverty or you know environmental collapse or anarchy. You know, or even in things like 1984. I understand it's not a comic, but you know, it's 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 like the original. Well, it is an adaptation. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's the the idea of somehow government turning on its people. Um, you know, um, and then the, the it's sort of more allegorical, like in the terms of what what could what could happen with contemporary events if they continue in a certain way. Yeah. You know, I mean, for me, um, when I was looking at, you know, doing a little research for the show and looking into kind of dystopias, I mean, the, the, one of the very first, I think, that we saw sort of that was actually dystopian in terms of a long and in terms of a long story rather than just kind of these occasional sort of one offs was um, action comics with um, oh, what was it called uh, about the teenagers? Oh, yes. you know, the adults have died off and, and it got yeah. back. You know, I mean, it yeah. caused the end of action comics. It was Pat Mills. Well, yes. <laughs> Sorry, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Terror of that's one of the features on the right. cover. Yeah. 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 So, you know, that that's kind of, to me, that that was, you know, the, that was kind of for UK comics delved into dystopias long before anybody else really did in sort of a, a far-reaching way. And, I, you know, you remember that as part of Tony and I will remember this. You you kids won't. But um, kind of that, <laughs> the dystopianism of the 80s, the, the, the thought that yeah. it could all just go down the tubes, you know, Thatcher's Britain and kind of all of the breaking of traditions and um, poverty and kind of crime that was accelerating throughout the 70s. And then this is all depicted in kind of that explosion of punk. But in comics, it was when like action comics came along, you know, with Hookjaw and, um, uh, and uh, God, it's going to kill me now that I cannot remember what it was called. Is so it The Kids Are people... Okay or something like that? I'm, I'm blanking on it as well. Yeah, The Kids Are Alright. Yeah, that was the, the cover, the famous cover of, like, issue 36. Yeah, well, we had uh, Invasion Agra. as well. Don't forget, Invasion was a massive one in 2000. Invasion, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think the first people to really kind of conceptualize it and bring it together was 2000 AD, though. That, that's definitely got to be the granddaddy because everything in there was kind of dystopian. Yeah, even when you look at Harlem Heroes and stuff like that, there's elements oh, yeah. of that, you know. That, you know. Yeah. Um, I, I noted down a few that I thought were maybe sort of might be talking points. Go so, and I, and I might just ask you if you think it is or not. Um, right. Watchmen. Yes. I think so. So, so Watchmen. More I subtly than others. I, I don't want to sort of comment on every single one, Tony. I know it takes forever. That's but fine, Watchmen, man. Watchmen for me. I know it's been completely dissected, but Watchmen for me was the idea of a utopia, kind of potentially hiding a dystopia. You know that sort of narrative of the, yeah. the, the, the utopia, <clears throat> or somebody's planning for a utopia, was kind of infected from within. Yeah. You know, yeah. that is a common okay. thing, though, isn't it? Like you get the a utopia story, and actually you dig under the surface and. Mm. it's actually like, a dystopian you know, demolition man being a, like <laughs> yeah. a great parody for yeah for yeah i mean like the the dark knight returns 
is like, yeah, that is yeah, as well. That was another one of mine. Yeah, yeah. it's a dystopian yes. future yes. of the Batman mythos, isn't it? Really, that's yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um, how about Akira? Yes, I think yeah. so yes. as well. Yes. yes, yeah. Once again, another one that um, deals with the you know post-apocalyptic, you know, the, the event that happens and Neo Tokyo that that is built up after it, isn't it? And you know, there's all that all this backdrop that sets the stage for what is to come. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um and it, this this also shows how it can take different forms. Planet of the Apes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. an interesting one because when I first saw Planet of the Apes, because obviously it started as well, if you if you discount the novel, the French mm-hmm. novel, because it was very different. But if you mm-hmm. if you I watched the first movie when it came out as a kid and I had no idea about the ending. So we all know the ending now, don't we? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It discovers its earth. But when I was watching it, I was thinking, this is just another world where um um, apes are you know the dominant species yeah yeah you know the, obviously the, the the big fly in the ointment for that that no one ever realized was well they all appear to be speaking english <laughs> you know it's like yeah. nobody fucking knows how <laughs> but the um but when when they find the statue at the end then it all clicks into place which i think is an interesting one mm. you know yeah it's a dystopia without really knowing that it's a dystopia you think for the yeah. very first part yeah. of it, it's an alien planet of some kind but then mm. you realize it's actually not yeah, 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 which which is good. Um, what else have I got here? American flag. I don't know if you guys have read American flag. I've only read a little well, bit yes. ages yeah, ago. A time ago. Yeah, yeah. So that's um, very much sight in sight in free fall. Certain cities have their own powers. You know, um, right? Yeah, it's a bit of that. Um, what else have I got here? There's some more obvious ones that I've got now. Um, like Snowpiercer is clearly yeah. one. Um, yeah. uh, Age of Apocalypse. Uh, yeah, X Men. Totally. Yeah, yeah. yeah X Men seems to do it well with that and Days of Future Past and a few other yeah. things. Mm. They do yeah. seem to do it, don't they? Well, I, I think you know, you mentioned Days of Future Past. I think that was the first time Marvel really dipped its toe into a completely dystopian epic story. Yeah. Well, Maybe I'm going to say, I'm, I'm going to challenge you that and say, Kill Raven came before it. Yeah, Kill Raven for certain. I think. Um, I think though, when you look, but at they the used mainstream characters. Code, yeah. Yeah, but when you look at the pre-comic code stuff yep. in the us it's really difficult to find anything within that comic code the dominant comic code period of the 50s and 60s and to the degree the early 70s that actually steps out of the bounds into you know some of the more violent tendencies yeah. or mm. more disturbing tendencies because it was well founded in literature by that point right yeah. you know you had you had books that were incredibly disturbing but i think the comics code authority muted any yeah. kind of too too much disturb too far too disturbing stuff was just completely muted. Yeah, yeah. And it yeah. wasn't until they t- they were like, okay, now through the comics code authority, we're just going to do what we want. Yeah, yeah. You really I start seeing these tales emerge. Yeah. One in of the, the mid eighties, you know. Yeah. Good things about the, the days of future past is it ratchets up the tension because it's like, right. Obviously, in the comics, the the mutants are being persecuted. You get a flash forward so many years and saying, look, you're absolutely. It's like a genocide. It's like yeah. it gives such a, an emphasis for the heroes. Oh, that's exactly exactly what it is, right? Yeah, it's, it's like the mass extermination of yeah. a particular class of yeah. people, and um, we've got to kind of terrifying. get on it and, and fucking. I, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and it's yeah. a huge um, trope. Well, it's it's a hugely popular trope in comics, isn't it? Because it's it's the alternate yeah. now. You know what? Would, right. What would this world be like if this hadn't happened, or if this person wasn't here to make it uh, okay? Um, exactly and it's well, that, that lead, what you're saying there v leads into my one of my other questions hmm. was um let me just give some examples and i'm going to pose this question because that springs off what you just said hmm. so i've got some other some other examples and it's interesting how broadly they come from all different companies 
So Deathlock, Bronze Age Marvel, Frost, clearly one, you know, mm-hmm. although perhaps too close to sort of the subgenre of sort of zombie films. Martial Law, definitely. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, our Super Adventure by Sarah Grayley. Um, we've got Prison Pit. Um, <laughs> have, you, have you seen Prison Pit? Uh, yeah. Oh, I is it the Johnny Ryan Prison that's Pit? That's the one. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't know if that's is that a dystopia? It seems dystopian, but I don't know. <laughs> it's, it's, it is honestly of everything I've written down there. It's probably the worst place I'd want to live. <laughs> yes, when, he, yeah. when he kills yeah, him and he. He, he thinks he thinks he's killed, and he crawls out the end of the man's penis and rips him in half. That's not a life I want. You know? No, um, no, nobody wants that. No, we don't. We want that. Uh, Why the last man is an obvious one, isn't it? Um, yeah. yeah. It seems to be that Vertigo specialised in a few of these because yeah. you also had DMZ, um, which is a good book by um, Wood um, Lazarus. I think that's an image book, isn't it? Um, yes. Yes. That's, the, that's, the, that's Greg Rucker, wasn't it? Greg Rucker. I think it is. I think it's yeah, yeah. Michael Lark. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, Deceased, which is where um, the DC mm, characters zombies. become zombies. Yeah. That's a good book, yeah, actually. Yeah. Right no, zombies are uh, zombies are a heart of dystopian storytelling. I mean, yeah, yeah. I think you're right, man. Yeah, key, yeah. Key to it. Um, the Last Ronin, which you read recently, Dan. Yeah, read that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the one that Cliff brought up on the chat was Commandy. Yeah. Um, yes. Done slightly more lighthearted, but still with that sort of ever air of like the world's mm. fucked. Yeah, you know, yeah, sort of to it. Um, trees, which is the Warren Ellis book, really oh, yes. good. Yes, yeah. yes. I did mention a nice, yeah. the nice house in the lake being. Yes, I think that that that, that yeah, actually got that on example. The yeah. I cited is that that's probably one of the best, most recent dystopian books yeah. I've read. Mm. Yeah, uh, especially because it doesn't initially appear to be dystopian. Mm. You know, yeah, it, that that's kind of a part of the plot that's but rather that whole cool. kind of superhero in the apocalypse or in a dystopian future seems to be done to death but i do like mm-hmm. reading those stories obviously we've got old man logan yeah mm-hmm. wonder woman one batman yeah. last night on earth obviously yeah. last ronin the yeah uh, hulk uh future imperfect yeah no is it future imperfect hulk yeah i think that's right yeah yeah he goes forward and meets the maestro well, you had a lot of that in the battle world stuff, didn't we? Do you know when we had the Secret Wars thing and they were yeah. almost thrown off to their own realities? We had a lot of battle world, you know, the Age of Ultron place, there was a, a zombie place, you know, there was there was all these different areas and they all seemed to lean towards the dystopian. Even the one that had the Squadron Supreme, you know, yeah. just fucking murdering people left, right and centre, you know, the you, superheroes. You, yeah, ruled the over villains, by yeah. someone who's, you know, just a big yeah. bad, isn't it? You know, the big and then you had the ruler. Thors one where the Thors yeah. were going around fucking, you know, basically being Judge Dread yeah. in that era, you know. Yeah. Um Tell others. So, Skip from No Brow, if you read that, that's definitely one. Oh, mm-hmm. yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Private Eye, which is a good yeah. one. Um, Tokyo Ghost. Yeah. Which is good. And I've got one that I'm going to mention in a minute. But what I was going to ask from jumping on from that and from what Vince said is I'm going to say, do we really enjoy stories where nobody is happy? That's what that's. I tell you what, you took the words right out of my mouth because that was a question yeah. I was going to ask. Like, you know, um, we glean so much enjoyment is a strong term for it sometimes. Um, in it, really. Sometimes, yeah. sometimes you can get you can get entertainment from it, but are you really enjoying it? It's you know sometimes I sort of relate it to when people say you got to watch this film. And I say like, I know it's brilliant. I know it's you know the performances. I'm, got, the I'm, whole got, thing. I'm not in the right head. I for am it, not in the mood yeah. to watch something yeah. that's so, so yeah, yeah. sort of dark and nihilistic and yeah. like, you know. But and yet 
sometimes with dystopian futures or dystopian comics, there's a, there is a certain entertainment to be having. It is it is it yeah. the the creativity of the world that's being created? Is it the questions that are being asked? I mean, I don't. I mean, The Walking Dead is relentlessly depressive yeah. and assault yeah. yeah. and assault in the senses, but yeah. it is so well done that you enjoy you do enjoy yeah. reading it. You know, but, but like let's take as as you said, like the the, the daddy that we mentioned at the beginning, V for Vendetta. Yeah, you know, because it's so you know it, it's a hammer, isn't it? It's a hammer that's uh, with this story. Um, th- there's all these uh, you know to- it tops charts of classic graphic novels, blah 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 blah. And we read it, we we take it in. But how many people can say, "I really enjoyed that"? Now I say I, I, I say enjoyed in a sort of like I was entertained by it. Do you know what I mean? It's it's an interesting. I, I actually, I actually think V Vendetta is the nearest we get to a Larkin poem. It's a, mm. you know, okay. or, no, maybe Larkin's wrong, like to a Siegfried Sassoon poem or something, because it's written with, you know, at moments as verse. Yeah. You know, and I yeah, think yeah. it's, it's just a sort of, it, it's, it's a light and darkness play, well, isn't it? There's a poetry to it, definitely. Mm. One thing with a dystopian fiction and comics generally is people use it as a shorthand for to relate to stuff that's going on today. Yeah, you know, yeah. like when like they bring in a new legislation about uh, CCTV, and it's like, oh, it's just like 1984. Oh, it's just like it's like V for Vendetta stuff like that. Do you know yeah. what I mean? And, Especially the pandemic, man. Yes, definitely. Yeah. You know, we're seeing all these pandemic films coming out now that yeah, relate to oh, virus hits the world, and you know, we saw all that, didn't we? You know, I'm not sure it's used as the touch point to sort of like yeah. discuss these issues because they're explored through fiction. Yeah, and I, I think I think a lot of creators. I don't know what you guys think about this. A lot, a lot of creators when they're creating dystopian comics. They're not necessarily thinking, I want to entertain you. And they're not always sort of saying, I want to educate you. It's more a, I want to get you to think about it. Yeah. Do you think Do you think we've been through the pandemic now, which is was honestly, genuinely like a comic at some points, wasn't it? Mm. Do you think we haven't, do you think we've our taste is diminished in regards to that sort of fiction, or I, I or think... more so? Are we like, are we able to separate ourselves from you know fact and you know real life and fiction? We'll be able to enjoy a thing where the virus spreads around the world. There was that everyone, yeah. joke that said uh, comedy seems to be fooling the nice ass a bit, but reality stepping up to fill the void. <laughs> yeah, true. Well, yeah, yeah. Well, it's that idea that uh, reality is always stranger than fiction, right? And, yeah. And in some cases, you know, more depressing. Um, I mean, I think, you know, Tony, you asked about the impact that the pandemic has had on, I guess, our, our taste for dystopianism. Yeah. And um, I mean, from my, my perspective, I think uh, it's muted it, definitely. I think, you know, you can have... To, I think it's it's sort of we've all been so sort of crushed emotionally by things that have happened during the pandemic that mm. we feel we can't emotionally take on anymore. I mean, to Vince's earlier point, you know, in order to be able to take on a bleak uh, vision of the future, you need to be emotionally prepared to do it. Mm. Um, I can't I, I find myself, you know, when I'm trawling Netflix do I, am I going to go for old country, you know, what was it, a country of old men or whatever it no was? No country for old men. Yeah. No country for old men. No, because, you know, I'm actually really looking for like, uh, you know, I'm looking for comedy or something to cheer escapism. me up. Because, escapism. Yeah, escapism. Mm, yeah. Thank you. Because, I mean, there's been a really depressive yeah. impact on all of yeah. our psychological yeah. health over the three years. Mm. Um, I, I mean, that, that said, you know, there are sort of dystopian books out there that do manage to blend a degree of comedy with yeah. a certain amount of, of point make point making you know and and you know um i was going to say one of them that i i didn't see on your list there tony was um atomic hercules 
which yeah. is a yeah. finely dystopian piece of comedic comic telling, comic yeah. dystopian telling, you know? And that's, that's interesting. That, that's something I wanted to talk about you as, as well, because there's the obvious springboards to dystopian fiction, isn't there, which is the zombie apocalypse, yeah, you know, yeah. nuclear war. You know, there's, there's these really overused tropes. I mean, we kind of play a bit on it on in Hercules, but there's... I, I find a book a really interesting if they come up with a new way for it to happen. And I'll give you the example. So I know we all chose a book to talk about, didn't we? I chose a book that I'd read before actually called Eclipse from Tom Top Cow. Now, let me pitch to you the reason that it, what has happened on this world, because I think it's an interesting change up. Do you know what I mean? So this is called Eclipse and it's it's an interesting conceit in that the world outside is too bright. So something has happened with the sun. The world is outside is too bright and too hot. So you can't survive in the daytime. And if you go out, you burn to death. So every human humans have become nocturnal and, and they work in buildings rather than going outside during the day as well. And there's one man who they've designed, or there's a little team of men they've designed suits for so that they can go and fix things that need urgent yeah. fixing in the world. And while he's out in this sort of special armor suit, he discovers a man who can survive in the sun. Right. And I think that's a really nice spring that captured my interest in yeah. that. Um, yeah that's, there's something about dystopianism that i think tickles something in us that needs to see things that are worse than the situation that we're living in yeah that's a good point you man. know a little itch that we have i think you know whether it's boredom or what have you but the the, the you know the dystopian future sort of i think we all think like we'd function quite well in a zombie apocalypse, right? But yeah, I was going to mention <laughs> you know? this. I, I oh, think I every, think about it all the time. I think every bloke yeah. when they kind of watch an apocalypse thing or a kind of a dystopian thing, thinking I could do alright, you know, they'd give me a chance to sort of show my true metal, as it were. <laughs> I, I, which I, I do. I do. Again, fucking smashed up pretty I, quickly. I, I think <laughs> the, the difference with it, with it, what I find, and I think dystopian is something that's down to the individual, isn't it? How how they see it. Um, yeah. Because when I think of dystopian fiction. It's normally when I'm reading it or watching it, the world has been like this for a long time. Yes. We are, we are just yeah. now picking up this story. You know, society is a certain way and we are watching the changing of the tide or something major happening within it. Hmm. Um, you know, I think, thinking... I think there's some different ones, isn't it? So that's, I have to say, what you're saying is one of my favourite ones. So we're ju we jump into a society that is fucking struggling to survive. Yeah. Yeah. But there are also, I think there's the dystopian. Or, or that it we doesn't see always struggle to survive, does it? Sometimes it's thriving. I was but... going to say with the technical type ones. Yeah. It can be, yeah. Yeah. Like yeah, yeah. Um, Private Eye is the one with, is that the one with the different masks and stuff? It was, a, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's it. So it's yeah. like, you know, technology and everything like that is more popular than ever and everyone's just using it. You know, just imagine a world where everyone's just looking at a screen all the time. That sounds like a dystopian <laughs> future. Spoilers. We're living yes, in. that's uh, what we're living in. The, I, I I like the zombie one because me and my son, as, as he was growing up, if we were on a train, we would like point at that big good house to defend from zombies. Yeah, you know, well, it's that, like a little heroic, a great, yeah, yeah, heroic fantasy thing, isn't yeah, it? Really, yeah, yeah. but isn't that the nature of all horror films? What you were saying there, Cliff, isn't it the nature of all horror that we quite enjoy seeing people, you know, bad yeah. things happen to yeah. people? Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah. I think it is. There's a sort of primal part of us that is tickled by, you know, and when I say tickled, I don't necessarily mean pleasantly, yeah. um, by by seeing things that are, you know subversive or transgressive um in a you know what what would happen if certain moral restrictions on society ended up being removed in some way yeah mm. yeah what what are we when those things are 
when those those limiters are removed. Yeah. Um, I, I and think, I think, it, yeah. Yeah. No, I, I think for me with sort of dystopia, the thing why, where, um, for me, I move away from the zombie, you know, the post-apocalypse, the zombie outbreak or whatever, and I'm more, I think, more dystopia as those sort of society things, is because I don't, I don't ask the question like you know, say with those there's certain situations where you think oh that's how I deal with that oh that's how I'd survive that whereas a dystopian like you know some of these societies I don't I'm like can you imagine living in yeah that's that's your day to day you know get up yeah. clock in you know murder people go home clock <laughs> clock off you know whatever this society is <laughs> um, it's such a it, it's almost my brain can't compute it. Mind um, you, why the last yeah. man? I'd be bang up for that man. I think. After reading the last man, yeah, yeah. Um, I've got. Um, I discovered uh, a little um, when I was researching like dystopian. There's <laughs> there's a website called dammitiloveamerica.com, which sounds oh. dangerous, but it's all about dystopian fiction. <laughs> Few, few. Yeah. I thought we were going down the Q yeah. and on route there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but it's um, and there's a bit of an article about it. But I thought there's four types. It says here, as general, as a general high level overview, there's four different types of dystopias that the twenty twentieth century gave us. And I thought, okay, I'll ask you all. I'll, yeah, I like I'll, that. I'll, I'll yeah. give you the types, and see if you can give me a comic that that does that really well. Is this? Um, did I tweet about this? Is this referred to the authors? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Right. And so I'll I'll say the name, uh, the the description that they give on this website. Okay. Uh, then you then you can give me a comment. Okay. The first yeah. one is Orwellian. Yeah, well, that's easy. That's what you think there. Yeah. Ruled yeah. ruled by an autocratic totalitarian party or elite group that limits choice through oppressive means such as repressing speech and suppressing minorities. There you go. That, that means. Yeah. That's totally, a good one. Yeah. Be fair. Yeah. Fair enough. Um, Huxleyan is the next one. Yeah, so that's that's. I'm guessing that they're, they're thinking a brave new world, aren't they? Where yeah. humans are sort of reduced to almost like groups of cattle, aren't they? Yeah, so or made um, insensate by drugs and everything else, so yeah. they're compliant. It's a yeah. compliant dystopia. Exactly. Yeah. I, th- I think that's. I think that's Kill Raven. This where is, there, there's classes, yeah. you know. Of, yeah. So this is ruled by democratic, totalitarian, capitalist, and or technocratic systems. A surplus of choice is offered as control, exactly as you said, and is realised through desire, debt, narcotic, technical necessity, and implicit threat of violence. Judge Dredd. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Judge Dredd, yeah. Yeah. So there's two there. We've got two for that one. The next one mm. is Kafkaesque. Yeah, well, that's an interesting one. This is um, yeah. This is ruled by bureaucracy. Bureaucratic yeah. red tape is the form of control that is used to frustrate and dehumanise citizens of a society through pointless affairs. Here we find a state of affairs which permits and encourages those systems that demoralise society, especially those who threaten management. Easy, Nemesis. Yes, yeah. Uh, yeah, fair enough. I we think uh, from a movie, though, if you're looking at a movie, maybe it's like Brazil or something like that. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. yeah. Say so talk about. Or you could read if you look for Metamorphosis uh, in the yeah. in coming to Kickstarter this week in uh, Dirty Basement One. You can see an, ev- <laughs> an evidence of a Kafka story being reworked. <laughs> Hitchhikers is a bit of that, isn't there? There's but, a bit I, of that I guess going on. Yeah, that's not yeah. a comic, but hmm. is it with the hmm. Vogons? You kind of yeah. Oh yeah. It. And need that... a bypass. <laughs> oh, to a lump of something I found in my ear. Yeah. One of my favourite poems. Yeah. yeah. Sure. Um, and the last one I think is probably the most popular in comics format. 
Um, most of you will know why. This when is I a difficult one to say. This is uh, Phil Dickian. <laughs> uh, this is a rule by replacing reality with abstract totalitarianism a rule by disengagement the conversion of social spaces such as classrooms offices markets and even prisons into immersive online holodecks with positive and negative reward systems for participants and such Obviously, can i say can i say around the huxley one as well i'm going to say snowpiercer that's a good one yeah, okay that's, yeah yeah that's yeah, yeah, yeah yeah um so we'll that's more of a sort of technical one isn't it it's more of like um for the film, it'd be Matrix. That's an easy one. Yeah. What's yes. Dave Cook's comic? Well, that's like that, I think. Killtopia. Also, also Killtopia. Blade, Blade Runner is completely that. And American Flag. Yeah. Flag as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, There's a lot of bleed over, I'm noticing, in, in a lot there of There is, isn't there? Yeah, yeah. The authoritarian sort of, the, the idea of authoritarianism sort of, it, it flows through all of these ideas. Yeah, I think you're right, man. Yeah. 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 Yeah, good, I think that's a lovely little because each of those authors sort of almost specialised in something, didn't they? So it becomes it makes yeah. it interesting. Yeah, you got to read the, yeah, the trial I, by I, Kafka or something. It's interesting to see you, you, you're more of a fan of Philip K. Dick than I am, Tony. But it's interesting to yeah. see him in there as having sort of described dystopias. Yeah, oh God, yeah. He's he's almost to me the dystopia of the mind because he plays a lot yeah. with personality and transplants, and yeah, drugs and. Stuff like that. And I... so, so, yeah, his is, I mean, his is the more sort of, I mean, for me, the the ultimate sort of, I guess, Dickian dystopia would be a naked lunch sort of setting. So, you know, I was thinking for that sort of, uh, have you read Ballistic? It's uh, Yes, it's, I have. No. Yeah, yeah, that's with the talking gun. Good, yeah, 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 exactly. And it's it's all kind of, it's like that sort of, the, 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 the body horror of kind of organic technology in a way. Yeah. You know? Interesting, the Burroughs didn't make it into that. As, a, as mm. an adjective, yeah, yeah, that's interesting. Man in the hotel, that's quite a, a down to earth one for Philip K. Dick. That's yeah, the, the that's, that's probably his most readable book, apart okay, from a couple so, of yeah. straight novels. Yeah, so, yeah. so that's something that 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 it, it sort of I want. So, so, can dystopias be that we know they're future facing, but can they be also past facing? Can we have like, past dystopias? Yeah, so um, you, you've got what's that Fatherland's book? It's a bit like that, isn't it? You can have an alternate reality one, I think. Yes. Right. So, so yeah. my thought in comics, Tony, was one that um, we, we both read, which was 20th Century Men, which is yeah. a sort of, oh, retelling, of the cold, retelling of the Cold War. And that's definitely dystopian, yeah. you know? You, you and so, Rob put me onto that one. And that, I, right. I genuinely think that's one of the best books of the last 10 years. Wow, okay. Yeah. yeah. That sounds great. Yeah, for sure. Highly recommend. But it's like that backward looking kind of, okay, well, you know, there's a certain revision of history there that, that allows, but it's a dystopian revisionist history, you know? And I think the, the reason we maybe like it, Cliff, because it plays on that Reagan Thatcher era as bit right. as well, doesn't it? Because it's, the, you yeah. know, the, the, it's, it's got that sort of cliched American leader, cliched Russian hero right. kind of thing going on, isn't it? It plays on those. Exactly. Tracks. It, it yeah. takes that sort of geopolitics of um, the Cold War and transfers yeah. them into sort of uh, a more realistic superhero tale. But that is definitely not the best description for it. Um, but I think that's good as well because but, it's playing off what's happening now because we're almost re- right. almost returning to those Cold War days where we are, aren't we, really, let's face it, these days. Yeah. So yeah. Has that, so has that, yeah. This time of conspiracy and this time where people just seem to be wholesale believing in, in the craziness. So that, that brings me to the Department of Truth, yeah. um, which yeah. I would consider to be uh, dystopian. 
Yeah. You know, uh, I, I'm just curious, though, what you would feel under which category the Department of Truth would. There's a Kafkaesque talk. quality to it. I'm yeah, I would agree. That, yeah, that Dickian quality. But it's got that it's got that conspiracy theory head on it as well, isn't it? Which is more right. like, more Philip K. Dick. Yeah. But, you know, but I think the idea is. Oh, my so the, said stuff like that in there isn't there you know yeah it's it's also this idea that 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 we're we're living in this dystopia but not even realizing it you know it's well, something like it's a I secret dystopia the people who live in it are not living in the dystopia right because that's the way it is and yeah you know i mean if someone said to you, you you're living in a dystopian future now well it's just my that my <laughs> world i'm living in just living yeah yeah, yeah. just living but it, I think I think as well as is that you 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 struggle to survive, but in in different parts of this big rainbow, you know, there's some of them where people don't realise that they're struggling to survive, and some where they're just scrabbling for fucking well, water, or whatever it is. You know, well, isn't that isn't that the basis of a good dystopian story? Yeah, the, the idea that I mean, look at not to bring it back to novels again, but 1984, like people living in that, there's only the one guy who realises there's a dystopia, yeah, and it goes horribly wrong for him. You know, yeah. or um, the Matrix, where he's like mm. he wakes up, or Department of Truth, where there's this one guy who's brought into this organization, and suddenly he's told that everything that he believed. But there's, I, I, I love that trope. Fa Fahrenheit four five one. Four five one. Yeah, I love that book. That's one of my favorite books, right, yeah. Bradbury Man. But I, lo I love, I love the fact in Watchmen that Rorschach is the most crazy person and the most sane person all at once because hmm. he right. calls the bullshit, but he's also a fucking mental person because he's just. You know, sociopath, isn't it? You know? Wasn't more really alarmed with everyone sort of taking Rorschach's side, wasn't he? He was kind of like, well, what the fuck? Yeah. He said right. anybody dressed up as Rorschach at a convention was somebody he wanted to avoid because they completely right. missed the point of the character. Yeah. 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 He was very disturbed by that. And, and but, I think but that's then again, quite who's, disturbing. Who's that's the same disturbing. person in that yeah. book? You know, you wouldn't but, go I mean, for, yeah. You don't realize, I mean, if you, I mean, like the Punisher to me is kind of, that's a dystopian tale because, you know, yeah. it's a guy running around effectively. If he was, if it was happening in the real world, he would be listed as a serial killer, right? Mm, but, totally. uh, you, you know, it's like this guy is running around in kind of this hellish world where yeah. he's sort of eliminating all of it, but it never ends, you know? If you, if you look at it that person. way, some of Daredevil's stuff is quite dystopian. Right. Batman, you, know, he's, they, you, know, you know, Hell's Kitchen is living in this nightmare of, you know, if, if the hands yeah. rule or, you know, kingpin's yeah. rule or stuff like that. So I um, think, that, you know, the thing is dystopianism underpins probably every good story. You know, the, the idea that the world is not right in some way and that there's a hero who can fix it is probably about as basic a trope as you can get in the story. Yeah, all you need is great suffering or injustice. And let's face it, there's a lot mm. of comics that have that, isn't there? Yeah. yeah. Mm. Mm. Mm -hmm. mm. Yeah. kind of universal themes aren't they you'd find virtually yeah. for any yeah. society i'd imagine or as cliff quoted my marriage my marriage yeah. <laughs> not my marriage we were no, talking about trophy wife trying yeah. to like why why people go for uh dystopian over utopia because they'd be relatively boring or, or hard to write who wants uh, to read about happy people you know what i mean dan i was yeah. i was trying to think yeah. like what utopian fiction have i read any one spring to mind and that was uh the culture uh in the oh, okay. in, in mx novels where like oh a yeah society run by these supercomputer minds that essentially you can do anything you want you can change sex you can get older younger you can do whatever you want all day every day take drugs drink isn't that and, now 
<laughs> that everything's catered for you. You don't have to worry about absolutely anything you can do. And he, but he managed so, to... No, Dan, that was a geopolitical uh, or, or even a universal political um, uh, 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 story, you know, in terms of the, the culture. It was about the culture's sort of fight to maintain itself within yes, exactly. its own dystopian yeah. galaxy, you know? Yeah. I mean, the culture itself faced threats. Yeah, um, external you know, threats of sort of like the, yeah. the fashion against other cultures and how they how they got on. It's just interesting right. seeing it rather than like a kind of a warlike society going to war with another one. But this society yeah. was essentially some some would deem it maybe on the way to being perfect. I don't know if you, that's the right way to, to to phrase it, but yeah, coming against maybe more uh, intolerant ones. Yeah, th th there are some in there, though, where it was kind of like the, what the people have to do in order to maintain the culture. You know, I mean, the very yes, first yeah. book in the culture novel is about one of the agents and everything else. But, you know, that 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 I, I would honestly recommend that anybody who is a fan of sort of science fiction, read those Ian Banks culture novels, because yeah. they are fantastic. They're phenomenal. They're just storytelling mm -hmm. in them is immaculate, you know, so, the, uh, and if, if you're, you're looking, looking for ideas, that's a good place to look. I can recommend the uh, the player of games if you kind of want to get into player it as the of first games. One. That that's see that that's a, that's a war novel, essentially. Yeah, you know? yeah. Um, yeah. So uh, also the dystopianism of characters who think they are somebody else but turn out not to be. You know, that's so, that, that's the, the in, that's pure Philip K. Dick. Yeah. That's Philip right. K. Dick. Yeah. In that right. one, it's kind of like someone from the culture gets taken to a, another hostile mm. culture, a, a dystopian culture. And he's dropped into the middle of it to, to participate in something to represent his culture, and it fucking yeah, it goes off the rails. Really but I think quickly. a lot of that cerebral stuff seems to work mm. better in novels. I would say. I know, agree. Yes, yeah. never really had like an, a brilliant adaption. They, you know, there's the odd thing here and there. You know, well, into well, comics. The question but... is, could it could it work in comics? I mean, could could, could it be made to work in comics? Is because comics do have a cerebral. Mm. Yeah, no, but I mean, because it's there's, there's no physicality to it i suppose is right there's no limitations it's just that, on it, yeah anyway. there's there's it's, it's philip k dick is, is is a lot of what is happening inside your head hmm. you know um, well i think you know that's one of the other dystopias is a dystopia that you carry with you rather than the dystopia that exists external to you you know yeah um you, you can carry your own personalized horror universe and and you know like a mouth of madness, you know, it's like you're the only yeah. same person okay. in the world. Are you the only same person in the world? Yeah. And, you know. I am. Yeah. You are. Um, yeah, we're in trouble. The 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 other <laughs> thing I will say is um it tends, I don't know whether let me pose this to you. Does it tend to be quite blokey a lot of this? Because it's kind of survival of the fittest, you know. Um, you know, we a, a lot of the fiction has men becoming warriors to survive. That makes sense. Yeah, I think is it a so. is yeah, it a bit I, of a blokey? I, yeah, the same thing works or with a, the apocalyptic been, stuff. Yeah, it's a callback to sort of blokey men to kind of take up swords, as it were. And the toughest man, toughest man will survive. Yeah, isn't there? A, the, the, what was it? Paper Girls. That's kind of a dystopian. I've not read that actually. I'm not read that. I, I have not either. But, um, much to my discredit, but it came up on a lot of dystopian comic lists. Okay. Yeah. As I was trying to do some searching on it, so, I, but I think you are right. It is pretty dick heavy in the dystopian <laughs> universe. Yeah. yeah. You know, Thank you. We got stuff like Margaret Atwood's uh, *Handmaid's Tale*. Did that ever get made into a comic? Yeah, I think it was a comic of it. Yeah. Yeah. 
That's a very uh, dystopian society. <laughs> yeah, I, I had to give up on that TV series. Mm. It was enough. I couldn't uh, watch anymore. Didn't, yeah. I've only well, I've read the book. I've not seen. Yeah, there is a comic. Wow. Okay. Oh no, I'm 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 thinking of Bitch Planet. Sorry, I just did a quick search. Bitch Planet. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. yeah Which right. I have never either. Kelly Sudaconic. That one. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Yeah. That's the one that starts in a prison, isn't it? It's a yeah. futuristic prison. Yeah. Yeah, it's like uh, the only what what's that one about? Yeah, orange is the only color. Whatever it is, it's a bit like that. Orange, space, is, the, orange yeah. is the new black or whatever. That's the one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Or the yeah. film that did it better, Tango and Cash. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously. <laughs> well, Terry Terry Hatch plays a stripper in that movie, so I'm all for it. Yes. Oh, I love Terry. Yeah, she's she's on my list, my laminated list. Oh, get a, she'd get a be a trophy wife. It's got, yeah. uh, that was on the other night. Obviously, you got uh, Jack Plants in it. Uh, the guy who plays Goldicut is uh, one of the baddies in it. Oh, Andrew Robinson. Yeah, he's in it. Mm. So good. not to not to yeah. bring it back to comics, but um, yes. what, I was thinking, what, what about like, um, it, so we've discussed US and we discussed British dystopias. Yeah. And um, I was thinking, what, how, how is it presented uh, overseas? You know, the bound destiny market and things like that. I mean, I was trying to think of you. You've got a good one, I think, Tony. You found like maybe the first. Yeah, the Etonaut was the Etonaut was nineteen okay, yeah. fifty-seven, yeah. which, which was Argentina. then remade later. Yeah, by an yeah. Argentinian artist and writer. Yeah, yeah, that's that's a good one. I like that one. It's that's, very it's, difficult. It's, very difficult to find where kind of dystopian themes start to emerge. You know. Yeah. Yeah. And then we had um, the Atomic Knights, which was DC, which was kind of nuclear knights in a nuclear apocalypse world, you know. Yeah. Um, And that's pretty good. And then a bit later on, the Incal, I think, you know. Yeah, Incal, definitely. definitely Yeah, all that little run, I think. Yeah. 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 So, so, yeah, it's it's interesting. It's just, it's one of those where it's like, wow, you know, I I wonder how much of a fascination with dystopianism is drawn out of the fact that a, a lot of these people sort of experienced themselves kind of right after the war, sort of degree of yeah, kind of I think what so, that, an actual living dystopia was like. So mm. yeah, there's um Gypsy by um Thierry Smolder and, and Enrico Marini, which is, mm. is a great sort of take on that Mad Max kind of. Thing, but more of an organized society that's a really good book actually mm-hmm. yeah but that's got a touch of the manga about it as well and i think it's something obviously something that's used to great effect in manga isn't it you get a lot of the mechs and stuff like that are created right. in a post-apocalyptic yeah. dystopian world aren't they you know well attack on titan is um right okay. zombieism with kind of you know the if you've if you've read that it's actually it's a bit too much for me i've got to say but right. <laughs> you know those imagination that that sort of fantasy world mixed with these kind of horrific elements yeah, Fist um, of the North Star is another one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And what's the other one you keep getting me to read, Dan, with the big sword? Berserk. Berserk. That's, that's post-apocalyptic dystopian, no, isn't it? No, it's more, I would say more like a dark fantasy. That... Oh, is it? Okay. Right. Yeah. My bad. Yeah, yeah. That's all right. Yeah. It's certainly like a dystopian world it's, that they, they inhabit and mm. it's set in. It's fucking yeah. horrible. Yeah. So to sort of, I mean, obviously you can see it's, a fascinating subject that's has been painted across the breadth of comics um, for years now, um, but obviously with I think as you say the the pandemic experiences and things like that, what do we think to sort of um, as we finish off this discussion? What do we think the future of dystopian 
um, world is like for comics? What sort of things do you think we'll see in the future in comic format? Well, I'm hoping that we don't do the normal thing that comic creators do is get stories off Twitter at the moment and it all becomes about, sort of, <laughs> oh, I've got my pandemic lockdown, whatever comic again, like fucking boring. I mean, I hope we find some sort of original ways of going about it. We but... might touch on this later, but I think environmentalism. Yeah, they, we're, we're noticing this is a rising theme, aren't we? Yeah. As of this week. Yeah. Environmentalism in comics. Well, speaking of that, Tony, though, you mentioned Eclipse as, a, as yeah. one of the books. And yeah. that, that to me, seems to be definitely a growing genre, right? This idea of mankind, womankind, personkind sort of reduced to sort of almost impossible numbers living yeah. in kind of these different siloed areas that seems to have been coming up a lot more frequently yeah in different, different you know and i fucking love reading that genres. stuff man because mm. it, it, it limits your um stage of characters doesn't it to be it you know i, I kind of like that i don't know why you know if there's something like oh las vegas has survived a nuclear war and built its own society you know including fighting pits and all this sort of thing i'm bang up for that man yeah i love that yeah. I think generally any dystopian fiction you kind of trundle out. I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm fine. We're giving this a go. Yeah. Mm. And it's been a growing field. I mean, you, you know, um, like the popularity of the Hunger Games and um, mm. Maze oh, yeah, Runner, all those, yeah. especially those young adult, those YA teen novels. Um, yeah. You know, I think it's specific. How I Met Your Mother. That's Maze, one. Yeah. Yeah. Maze Runner, yeah. all that kind of yeah. stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it was kind of dystopian the way Tony met my mother, but um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oi, we came from the same place. We had a yeah, bonding moment. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And now look what's happened to us. She's in a home. <laughs> oh, no. um, anyway, so <laughs> it's okay. I find it quite funny. Um, <laughs> but the, the, it's. I think you know. It's. It's the. The thing is. I mean, as as in 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 part. I think you know. We, we're always wondering. Can it get worse? Or will it get worse? Or it could be worse, and that drives that kind of a uh, love of sort of these dystopian sort of thought experiments mm. in comics and other genres, right? Yeah. You know, it could always be much worse than this. I do look yeah. around and think, "Fuck me, it's getting bad." I'm just welcoming the warm arms of death quite soon now that I'm old. <laughs> yeah, but I can. I've mentioned it on the show before, but there was a moment that fucking shook me at the start of the pandemic because. When I went down to, my wife said, perhaps you should go down to the supermarket. And I went down and it was absolutely fucking bare. And I was like, oh, I've seen where this plays out. Yeah. You know what I mean, uh, uh, we're, I we're too worried. influenced by the, the comics we have ingested over the years. Oh, yeah. We, we get, we suddenly, we see the, our imaginations go fucking haywire when oh, we think, fuck. oh my God. Yeah. 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 It's just, yeah. As soon as, as soon as the price of fucking petrol goes up, we're like, oh my God. Yeah zombie apocalypse just, <laughs> just just the fact that the, the normals as they're supposed to be called are just panic <laughs> by everything yeah. or fight in the streets over toilet roll and you just think yeah okay maybe i am living in a dystopia i look at the telly and something like, like britain's got talents on and i think yeah. funny society is falling yeah but that's yeah. like the, the, the with the pandemic there was like the, obviously the virus we had the, the the mind virus of something in australia kicking off about toilet roll and then before you know it, that's around the globe. Yeah. But, the people but what fucking is toilet it roll about charge. toilet roll that we think is going to protect us in a genuine crisis situation? Well, that's the yeah. trouble. You like you, you resort to this fucking herd mentality so quickly. So yeah. I wouldn't fall for that. 
and then suddenly like, you're fucking buying armfuls of toilet paper. I oh, know. I panicked. Well, I was in, I ended up doing what my dog does and run around the garden with my bum on the floor trying to clean it that way. I was going to say, but, but what happens <laughs> if what happens if the toilets stop working? Yeah, it's a bit you more want of a dystopia. Concern. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think I think one dystopian trope. Loop. Oh, oh, what a world! Um, <laughs> one dystopian trope that's always going to be popular in comics going forward, though, is the one that and and the Hunger Games kind of reminded me of this, um, and it's very much like the Running Man. That whole a dystopian future where entertainment is, you know, here is a situation where the main characters are in it. And it's being it's being publicised for your entertainment. It's been done a million oh, times over. Yeah. The, the character yeah. Arcade is literally a mm. Mojo World is all about it. Yeah, you know, that's well, we just had that again recently. Yeah, yeah. Well, one, and... one of the best best arcade stories that came out recently was where he sort of transformed into a reality game show host in a way. Yeah, I forget which yeah. one it was, but yeah, it's like that. That's a perfect role for him. Yeah, that's who but... that's who he should be. I don't know the trumpet blowing, but I've I've done a lot of these ideas in fucking Vanguard. Fuck around with it. Mm. There's one mm. where they, we have the the Bulldogs, the yeah. British Bulldogs, and they have on the Isle of Wight. There's a, a a game show which one of the characters gets sucked into. So, uh, one yeah, of your, so one of my favourite Patreon videos, of yours, Dan, is where you're t- introducing the characters of the Bulldogs, and you keep oh, laughing. laughing. You're just yeah. going because <laughs> <laughs> they're stupid names. <laughs> was, that, was that one of the pages where that giant woman gets punched through? <laughs> was, yes, yeah. that was one of my favourite pages. <laughs> we don't condone violence to women. No, show. no, not at all. But may, maybe like two hundred <laughs> foot tall women. Yeah, yeah that's right. fine. That's fine. Yeah, that. that's all right. who, who have murdered people? That's uh, they're not nice people. Very, so that's important fine. point. Important yeah. point. Yeah. Very important. Sure they're probably important. probably men. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, okay. Well, let's let's finish it off. Krakoa with with just this question to you all with everything that's happened and with the the world whatever it's going to be are you looking forward to reading more dystopian comics in the future yeah I think so yeah I am and what are you looking to get from them I I like to watch people in pain <laughs> there you go. We don't need dystopian fiction for that, Tony. Just, yeah. just look you could just turn, turn to your collection of VHS snuff movies. I, I think it's kind of that that tapping into an unrealized fear that you've not quite realized, and someone's managed to tap into that and and, and illustrate and tell a story about it. And you're like, oh fucking hell! I didn't think of that, but that's obvious. Yeah, you're like yeah. Not, the the. CCTV everywhere, or the Last Man on Earth, and yeah, oh fucking okay, yeah, I hadn't considered that, but it, it scratches an itch. Yeah, well, hopefully, even if those futures happen, someone will find a dusty old vault full of MP3s or mm. of, of this show, <laughs> and maybe we will. This right now is a shining beacon to people that could be worse. You could be on this show. Yeah. Yeah, that's a dystopian future. We invite you onto this show. Yeah. Let's watch what? Hell Comes to Frogtown with Ready Ready Piper. That's see through. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Jesus Christ. And Nymphoid Barbarians in Dinosaur Hell is a pretty good one. Yeah. I mean, the absolute fucking juxtaposition of, like, they live to uh, fucking Frogtown is wild. Yeah, he yeah. needed a better agent there, didn't he? It is. Like slam on the brakes. Fucking wild. <laughs> 
So hey, well, he got Sandra Bargo in this. He's got like a the, all these cast of great like uh, characters. He's got that that lady who always gets her boobs out in every film she's in. It's going to be a banger. And then <laughs> who's that? Ellen Mirren. I was disappointed after watching Shazam too. I was like, what the fuck? Oh, I can't. I can't do it. I tried it. That's a fucking yeah. dystopian movie, yeah. just from the yeah. fucking way. No mate. movie. No movie talk. No Nothing movie talk. but comics. No. Yeah. No. Um, okay. Well, yeah. So yeah. There, there you go. Like. What do you think about dystopian comics? Um, keep the conversation going. Mm. Um, definitely, um, as always, there's a post-podcast discussion on our Slack channel. So get in touch. Join the Slack community, which has been on fire f- for the past week. Please join it. It's it's great. And it's it's positive comic talk as well. You know, yeah. let's, speaking, let's... Of, speaking of dystopias. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah. Well, no, it's a utopia. Creator. It's like a, a utopia. Like a, That's what it is. A siloed, yeah. a siloed dystopia is everybody sitting there in the ACP bunker. Yeah. 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 <laughs> no, it's a great, it's a great place. It's a... what what a bunker that is. As you can just a hear bunker. the word. You can, con- you can just hear the word Krakoa <laughs> echoing off the walls constantly. That was very Matt Berry. That was excellent. Good Post apocalyptic future, Tony and his band of marauders set out to uh, find the location of Jonathan Ross's bond house <laughs> to, yeah. to yeah. raid the comet vault. Yeah, yeah. A, like a, utopia, to, uh, it's a, a dystopian future. Tony scrolls through Twitter. That's all you need. That's the, <laughs> yeah. that's the comic. Yeah. The dystopian future is where is where Tony is sucked into a computer, just his mind, and is forced to be Twitter. I'd um I'd have it where I'm sucked <laughs> off by a computer. That'd be right. Sucked off by Krakoa. <laughs> right, he wants the shout outs. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of shouting out things to lots of different people, uh what shout outs have we got this week, Jets? Uh, I've got a couple. So um uh boning is the new uh, Slack channel. <laughs> For those re- I thought of this. For those reading, we're doing a read through on Bone, and it's been Boning some up. really interesting conversation on that. And the channel is called Boning. So if I, you're on I the Slack, I haven't fucking started the book yet. So well, you're a week behind. Well, no, you're not. You're four days behind. So yeah. you start, start boning up. But yeah, start boning. I don't know. We we spent a good day or a day and a half making boning jokes for before <laughs> yeah. we even started reading. And as was pointed out today, if you hadn't realised, they are bones. Everyone realised that. I didn't know that. The characters oh, the in three, it. The three characters yeah. are all bones. They yeah. look like bones, don't they? Do they? I've not yeah, read. Somebody said that. I, on this, I've this not read. Thought, oh. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't want. I don't want to read it now. It's ruined. The, it. uh, oh, well, well, that's a spoiler. <laughs> uh, coming. Speaking of coming this week, um, watch out on Kickstarter for the launch of Dirty Basement One and Two. Yeah. Dirty Basement One got a limited release at the end of last year, but Dirty Basement Two is new off the blocks. And what we've done with the second one is myself and Adam have extended the Dirty Hand of Tribute Press to a number of other creators, including Mr. Cumber, who's sitting with us. Um, Thank you. It, it is in following in the footsteps of companies like Last Gasp. It is a license to outrage uh, and stretch the media at times of discontent. It's um, a, a comic that is underground and outlaw uh it's not like the small press you'll see at the moment and we are we are part of that movement that probably comes from the late 60s early 70s that hopefully is is on the rise again and we talked a bit about the rise of the underground included in it are cliff myself adam daryl thorpe uh jake matchen um matt greaves and sam hickson all in it and there's some cracking work from those guys in it i really i really do employ you to have a look at the kickstart and see what see what you think of it 
we're just waiting for it to be okayed by Kickstarter. So <laughs> touch wood, that happens. Wouldn't be the first time it hasn't. But um, yeah, so we're waiting for that to happen and then it'll be launching. I'm hoping it's going to be launching today as you listen to this, if you listen to this on the day of release. But uh, otherwise, it'll definitely be this week. So keep an eye out for that. It's uh, some of Adam's best work and the cover will blow your socks off. Yeah, really good. I don't yeah. think I've seen Red Day Basement. Maybe I've not got the first one. I'm not sure if I do or not. I'll probably just back both. It's got do the one remember... with Met- Metamorphosis in it, that one. Did you I read Cockbiter? 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 No, Cockbiter. you know, I think I missed this one. Oh, I've missed it. Cockbiter is one sure, of my... Why not buy both? Yeah, we'll both you'll you'll be able to do both, and there's a digital. Yes. There's a very reasonably priced because literally, me and Falpy sat in the pub the other day thinking, how much are we going to charge for it? And we both said a, a very low ball amount that we have kept with, but we scrolled through a number of other Kickstarters, one of which I sent you as well, and went, how much? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I constantly um, get amazed with the digital price and stuff, but yeah, even the physical price, you're thinking, how much? Yeah. I sent you one, didn't I? Do you remember? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, I sent Vince into a fucking spiral. <laughs> He's in a death dive. The price of single issues on some of the Kickstarters are just unreal. They're quite madness, dy- quite dystopian. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's, yeah, yeah. I don't know how much they think money. Money they think we've got to buy their old tab, but yeah. So it's a reasonable price. So the first one is on it. it first one just features work by myself and Adam, but the first issue does feature Cliff as a kind of horror host telling the story hey, of the lone vigilante known as Cockbiter who attends orgies in Stevenage. And bites I didn't, on their did not authorize the use of my likeness for this story. <laughs> you appeared in a couple of things now as well. <laughs> I'm not the yeah. likeness. Yeah. Oh, no. it's, uh, yeah, it's, 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 it's tarnishing my brand. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> my favorite one is the one, the, the um, Tijuana Bible we did, where you're just coming out of the swimming pool. Just your head. <laughs> just sticking out of the swimming pool. Yes. <laughs> I, last week I uh, dropped the ball, but... Uh, Vince took it for me, but this week I've got it back and I'm going to... Okay, good. The Lawless Comic Con, 27th, 28th of May, uh, Double Tree by Hilton Hotel. If you're listening to this on the 8th, you've got uh, 19 days to get your ticket and go along. It's got massive guest list. Uh, Who's who of uh, British comics is there. Uh, I'm not going to read all the names out. Soon now, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, a week's away. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So if you go to lawlesscomiccon.co.uk forward slash guest list, you can see who's going. And there's a hell of a lot of them. So go check that Ooh. out. Tickets on sale now. Good. Nice. Clifford, so, have you got any shout outs? Yes. Do you have any shout outs? Uh, just oh, the only one I've got is that um, hopefully in September, some of you in the UK might be able to cross the channel, come over and uh, either see, uh, come to Baltimore Comic Con. I know yeah. I'm going to be there. Tony will be there for, uh, briefly. And also SPX, which is yeah. a small press expo here in Bethesda. Uh, it'd be nice to see some um, ACP members if they get the opportunity. Yeah, uh, so me, me and you will be um, crawling the halls on the Friday at Baltimore, won't we? And then we'll be we at SPX. I'm manning the no brad table at SPX. We're going to yeah. get you thrown out of SPX. Yes, <laughs> almost certainly. And I'm Mr. Strott's going to be there. Strotty's coming along, isn't he? Uh, so. Yeah, speaking. Yeah, yeah. Uh, be nice. So it's sort of the ACP East Coast um, representatives yeah. that are going to be there, and um, yeah. yeah, Sam's we'll... going to be there. Steve Laffler. We're going to have coffee with Steve Laffler. Steve Laffler. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's going to be cool. Yeah, some good people. Have you seen the list for Baltimore, man? It's like um, Al Henderson sent it to me. He said it's like literally they they looked through your long box and just took it as yeah. shaking grill. 
weekly. Yeah, it's all the all the classics come to Baltimore. It's a real um, comics con. It, it yeah. actually, ha- you know, it's the it's in the title. Um, the guy who runs it is is deeply into comics and um, believes in comics before the whole sort of crushing media and cosplay uh, stuff. But uh, yeah, cool. yeah, it's, uh, I would love to see people there. It would be great to see some people. I, Baltimore's definitely one of my favorite comic cons. Um, on, oh, on wait, and it's my local one, but it's it's all about comics. It's a really good comic show. Cool, amazing. So there you go, folks. Lots of stuff to put in your diaries or um check out so what have we got to recommend this week gents we've got now, a plethora we have mm. a plethora and as always the the guest always goes first so cliff what would you like to recommend to our lovely listeners that's that's so kind of you i'm sure you've got better recommendations than me but i did actually specifically take a look at um sort of my favorite dystopian comic book tales oh, and cool. i think mm. of of those i think i you know i was going to draw a recommendation out of um one of those and i'm sure lots of people have already read it but still i'm going to say it because i haven't had a chance to say how much i enjoy this particular town that's um transmetropolitan yeah yeah um which i think is one of the finer dystopian tales because it's not actually so it doesn't focus it focuses on the dystopia but it's it's a dystopia that's so close to what could possibly become you know the the future that it's actually i I just found it's, it's this marvelous tale of um What's his name? Spider, the old Spider uh, Jerusalem. Yeah. Spider Jerusalem, who is loosely based on Hunter S. Thompson. Um nice. and uh it's it's a science fiction comic book series. It's written by Warren Ellis. Sorry about that. Um We love Warren by, Ellis on here. I know, That's I love fun. Warren Ellis. I, I, yeah. can we please have him back? Because comics desperately needs his stories. Um uh and illustrated again by Derek Robertson, um, who I've mentioned uh, just while we were off there for a little bit, uh, did uh, also another dystopian story called Ballistic, which is really very different, but also, you know, Derek, you can't go wrong with Derek. Yeah. Um, and I mean, so The Boys is Spider. pretty dystopian as well. He does quite well in that yeah. story, doesn't he? Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. It's just, yeah, these are marvelous stories. I mean, you know, so um, yeah, Spider Jerusalem, he's a journalist. He returns to a place called The City to write a book, and he's like loosely framed on Hunter S. Thompson, and he investigates, you know, various political social issues and corrupt politicians cults genetic engineering and all that kind of stuff and he has a number of assistants and uh, it just goes through a lot of different stories but you know for me it was like one of those landmark science fiction and comic book uh stories that showed what the possibilities for what comic books could do and how they could portray these fantastical um uh fantastical stories so uh, it's definitely a favorite of mine uh, i highly recommend it if people have not actually read it because just... if you're going to read it as well give it a chance it doesn't yes. for me i don't think it quite gets going until you hit trade two that's what i'm going to say uh, okay I, yeah. I think you're right um i i was actually i was heavily invested from the beginning i just you right know, okay Derek robinson uh Derek robinson and and you know warren ellis to me is a just a fantastic writer. I mean, he really just has this way of um, telling stories that just get you from the beginning. But you're right. For some people, I think you, you do need to sort of ease into it a little bit. Uh, he doesn't discover his look until issue two or three, I think, doesn't he? Where he yeah. gets the glasses and because he's a he looks like he basically looks like Alan Moore in the first issue, didn't he? Right. Yeah. He's just like this yeah. hermit who lives out in the desert and doesn't want to come back anywhere near it. But he's sort of he's drawn back in. Uh, yeah. Into this kind of thing. So. Yeah, definitely that. I would definitely recommend reading that um, in the trades or however you want to read it. Um, uh, just an absolute favourite. 
And then I think my second recommend is one that hasn't happened yet. And it's uh, just uh, going back to our old buddy, uh, Matt Strop. Um, he, he was at the Drink and Draw uh, when I was in it a couple of weeks ago. I missed the latest yep. one. But he's working on something called uh, Prawn the Jumbo Shrimp. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's great. And yeah, yeah. After, after, I know uh, he took a, a break for a couple of years from um, doing any comics and just, it just looks great. I mean, he's a great kind of, uh, he's, he, he's a great cartoonist. Um, and, you know, he showed us these scenes of like this jumbo shrimp style kaiju type thing. Yeah, it's what great, looks man. like yeah, it's going to be a King Kong, King Kong style, just comedy thing. And if it's Matt, it's going to be funny and it's going to be highly entertaining. So that's Even Lady that, made a great little team as well. You know, I used to like yes, this stuff. Yeah. 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 Yeah, so I'm really, I'm really looking forward to seeing that. Uh, so yeah, that's just sort of a recommendation for something to keep an eye on, and make a note in your uh, to purchase. Uh, he might, is he gonna? Is he gonna have it ready for when we see him in September? I don't know. He might do. Might he? he might I have something ready. I think. I don't know. He was talking on the Slack about trying to find a publisher, uh, not a publisher, trying to find a printer. That's so, right. Um, yeah, I'm yeah. Hoping, hoping yeah, something. It will, uh, yeah. it will be. Yeah, hoping it'll be ready, but I'm really look it's really nice to see something kind of emerge out of the ACP community, uh, especially from Matt. Um, mm, you know, yeah. fellow Marylander, uh, Matt Strop, who is uh, also definitely worth uh, following on social media if you ever have nice a hink one, uh, hanker. And uh the leader on the spawn hub and he's also taking part in the boning channel as well. Which is yes. a good place to go. It just yeah. I mean he, he he lifts the uh you know, he 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 raises the uh, the the it all up a little bit. Uh, it's a little sketch bit cover swap he did with Grant Richards as well. Oh yeah, yeah the Spawn one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was brilliant. Yeah, both. Yeah, right. yeah love, love it. Stuff. Yeah, he's a talented guy. So mm. you know, it's like I, I, I think, yeah. going to see a lot uh, out of Matt. Hopefully, I hope because uh, that he produces a lot more stuff. I know he's a cracking fella. Yeah, good and, stuff. Uh, looking forward to seeing him in Baltimore. Yeah, there, there definitely. you go. Okay. Nice one. Who's next, Tony? You, you should I? Should I? We put Go a shout out. One. Yeah, we did. Yes. Put a, yeah, we yeah. put a little shout out on uh, the social media for um, people who wanted to send us their comics. And we were inundated with stuff. If you're one of those, if you're listening, I believe now, it's referred to as a tidal wave. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> if you're, if you're listening, yeah. if you're listening now and you're one of the many people who sent stuff in, thank you very much. Obviously, there was a lot to go through. We can't cover everything, um, but we will. We're doing a slightly extended version yeah. this week, but yeah. we will try and cover as many as we can from it. So. Yes. Um, yeah, as uh, please be gentle with us. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, my um, go for it. I do my first one, baby yeah. cakes. Yeah, my first one is jazz juggernauts against zealous zealots, which even that made me laugh. Actually, I quite like that title. Um, by Chris Style Inc. Production. So, as you say, Vince sent to us as part of the um the call out for review copies that uh, Dan put out. Uh, story by Christopher Curtis, art by Monochrome Edge. That's I think their name. Now this is an American-made comic. And yes, I understand that only manga can come from Japan, but this is basically a manga comic. Um, it reads from left to right, unlike, you know, a lot of a lot of manga. Um, but it, it's got every single trope and every single style that you would see in a, in a, in presentation and story, if that makes sense. Mm. Um, it's um, something that we've seen as something of a, a regular storytelling technique in manga is a monster incursion in a city and people come forward who are equipped to deal with that thing. Does that make sense? Yeah. I would just a quick one on the cover. Be careful. So jazz, the title is written in um, 
I'm not a man who's down with the kids, but is it called street art or tagging or something? You know, it's yeah, written in that sort of yeah. hip hop, hip hop style. Um, is it hip hop? I don't know, but it's written in that sort of kind of graffiti style. Not especially readable for me and my old eyes, hmm. uh, and my um, decrepit, um, old fashioned ways. So I think maybe think about the title thing would be a, a small critique for it. Um, what is it about? It's about the city. This is a city called Neo Haven, and portals have been opening. And coming out of these portals are monsters and other sort of hostile creatures. The government are struggling to cope. And what we get in issue one, probably about the first half of it, is we get the introduction of the characters who are there to fight the monsters. They're not necessarily part of the um, part of the army or anything like that, but they're these extra characters who appear and they've all got their own personalities, their own skill sets, etc. We get Nova, who's a female ex-MMA fighter. We get a guy called Jay Morgan, who uses the code name Hex. He's in a big mech suit. He's the prodigy son of a scientist who created Neo Haven's shield wall. So it's a bit like, a, almost like a top trumps thing. So mm -hmm. every page is presented with the character with a little a little box telling you who they are and what they're doing. And um, we get Malcolm Duncan, aka Beats with a Z, because that's how the cool kids are saying it. He's Neo Haven's top hip hop artist who uses sound as a weapon. I thought that was quite cool. Yeah. Newt, who's a sentient fighting machine. And then you get Keisha Connor, aka Killswitch. Who was a sort of one of these sort of magical style, um, raise the dead style powers, which is quite cool. Um, so the first half of the book works as a in-action introduction. So that it drops you straight in. I like that about it. You get straight into the action. It's very, very active. Everything is non-stop fighting, non-stop action. It's just fun. I'm gonna say slightly generic, but I don't think that's doing it a disservice in relation to a lot of manga out there. I think. If I was a kid and this was a manga I got bought my by my parents or picked up in a shop or something, I mm. think I'd fucking love this. Yeah, that makes sense. I think there is a g generic nature to a lot of this style of mech manga, anyway. Yeah, would you, so, would you would you say generic is the right term or like a trope necessarily? Yeah, maybe, mm. maybe a style, maybe an yeah. approach. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's nothing hugely original in this, you know. It's but it's fun, and it, let's face it, we've been reading comics about people flying around in capes for exactly. fucking fifty years, yeah. you know. So yeah. that, that doesn't do a disservice. The execution uh, of it, because like the, yeah. the art, I've not read the it, execution. The, the art yeah. layout, everything is top notch. It's really there's a bounce. There's a bounce to it, man. There's a nice bounce to it. I think if you were a regular, a regular modern manga reader, this would fit right along something on mm. Shonen Jump or something like that. I think. Um, yeah. It's got that that nature of manga storytelling where everyone is suddenly of a sharpened and heightened emotion and everything they say is a shout do you know what i mean there's a bit of that going on in manga yes there? yeah that's a style chris is a comics writer from indianapolis um he's also a podcaster and comics reviewer um and he runs the site christy chrisstyleinc.com you can find him on Chris Style Inc. So C H R I S T Y L E I N C, and you can find the artist Monochrome Edge mon at Monochrome Edge as well. Um, give it a go. Super nice guy. I got to tell you, we didn't get anything in this sort of wave of um, review copies where anyone was rude or demanding. Yeah. And um, Chris was lovely. You know, yeah. very very friendly, which is exactly what we wanted. Yeah. You know, yeah. spreading the love of comics, and that's what it's about. So just think about the title. Think th think about the length of the book. Maybe you know this should be a chunky chunky paperback to me. Um, but yeah, yeah, good start. I've got to say, yeah, I want to see where it's going. So this, I'll be interested in second this, issue. Uh, it's a good example of like you know, obviously as we've talked about, you know, the the wave of like manga that sort of 
definitely taking yeah. o- taking over the the bookstores or comic comic shops or whatever this is now the influence for yeah. creators yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah so and like you know we're obviously like all comics influences you're going to see the ones that are, that are, don't work that well but if it, if there's stuff like this bring it on bring it on yeah you know definitely. This, is, this is their you can tell they're having fun on the page and yeah. um when chris rose he said he said i want from a guy who does reviews for other people, he says, I haven't really had any reviews in this yet. So I'm really interested in what yeah. you're going to say. That's you can't do mm. any fairer than that, man. I really like the you know? black and white as well. Yeah, yeah it, I, it totally fits. Yeah, because because I think, and uh, th- this is going to say it might sound, sound like a dig, but I just mean this as sort of generally is sometimes when it comes to like small press or in indie people, especially the ones starting out, when you go into a full color, um, sometimes you can see the cracks in mm. the comic like like there's, yeah. there, there's some flat colors there's not enough depth but because this is sticking to that and the gray tones it's got so much going on for it and you look at the cover itself brightly colored if if it was like that all the way through would it be too much it wouldn't be I mean? yeah it wouldn't yeah. be yeah. it wouldn't work this the, the um the it's not the the the, the way that manga's done a lot of it is not overly rendered Mm. Yeah, and that fits with this. I maybe you know in a future presentation if he trades it, I quite like the way a lot of manga books do, where they have the first four pages in color. Agreed. Yeah, yeah. you know that's quite yeah, nice. Yeah, I quite like cool. that. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. a nice little thing. Yeah, yeah. But the thing is, in the UK, we're used to black and white comics. That's mm, the yeah. thing. People don't understand this from the states and stuff. Is everyone goes, oh, I can't read black and white. Well, we were reading black and white since year dot. They do over here. Yeah. yeah, and I think that's something that also maybe the American audience is like, like manga is predominantly black and white isn't it it's always yeah just black and white which is for the longest time it was like black and white comics don't work they don't sell well that's mm. is that the case is that it's the not case over here is it yeah. we had we had weeklies that were selling yeah. a million a week yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. can't yeah. say that about fucking right. yeah. demon slayer being like the number one fucking book and that's black and white so yeah yeah, <clears throat> yeah. not an issue Good. my first one we're <laughs> going to do quick hits that's gone on for yeah. that one yeah, sorry yeah, guys yeah, yeah. but uh yeah, do you, you want to go, Dan? Go sure, do okay. Do yours, well, V, or whatever. What, what do you want go to on, do? Dan, you go first. Okay, yeah. well, I've got two. So, well, three. These are two books, but I'm going to do as one because they're by the same creator. <clears throat> uh, the Seawall and the Last Days of Rain by Claudia Mato- Matosa. Uh, Claudia Matosa, sorry. Uh, for her words, the seawall is a story of two sisters navigating a future marked by climate change and rising sea levels. It blends comic panels and illustrations to depict Eileen's quiet reflection. She strolls through Plymouth, contemplating the ocean wall that both shields and isolates the city. As someone who comes from Lisbon, another coastal city, I'm terrified by the prospect of my city flooding and I saw in Ply- Plymouth a relatable subject. <clears throat> so this is a UK-based comic creator. Uh, I, I've looked okay. her up and she's... Uh, got a site on the go which i'll give later and she's also at thought bubble this year with a table so i presume you'll be able oh, to right. pick nice. these books up there so the, the plot for the seawall was yeah set in the near future and uh it tells the story of eileen and she kind of recalls past events for her sister while she's reflecting on the current state of the world and and plymouth uh the sort of comic muses on like humanity's loss of like connection to the the world by having this seawall erected and he can't get at the water anymore uh etched on the wall kind of the names of those lost and the character Eileen expresses like a feeling of kind of not being real and unreality about the situation uh of being separated from it uh by being separated from nature and that it's all the book muses on that uh the second book the I'm going to give the the 
<clears throat> a, a slight critique at the end of both books. The second book, The Last Days of Rain, it's a, a lot longer, this one. Chapter one, subheader, Dreams and Bad Decisions. Carol was born in London in 2063 and has never seen a cloud in her life. The temperatures are so high that clouds don't even begin to form. Her biggest dream is to see water falling from the sky one day, but will that ever happen? This is an ongoing project that has six chapters and a webcomic. I'm looking forward to sharing it with the world. <clears throat> so the plot for this, similarly to the last, uh, the sea wall, the last days is set in the near future where like, as the story suggests, all rain is effectively stopped. As a reader, we don't exactly know why that is. It's, it, without spoilers, it, it's like a, a plot line for a future comic. Uh, but yeah, I can't go into much without spoilers, but it it, it, it can't, it sets out on a journey to find out why that's happened. Okay. Uh, it's a very similar story me method to the Seawall, uh, as in Claudia introduced it, the central character through a flashback. Uh, and the, as the character relates uh, to the the viewer or reader past events and the main character carolina the last day of rain coincides with the day she's born and through that you're introduced to like the, the family and close friends around her that have sort of fashioned her into this person she does eventually become <clears throat> one of these is her father who she thinks she's a, he's her father and he leaves like maybe minutes hours before her birth and you don't see him again. So I think that may be a reoccurring character in the, the comic. <coughs> Excuse me. And then it cuts back to the present in the year 2091. And London is like a dried, arid wasteland. There's no water. It's, everything's kind of burnt out. Collapsed buildings, cracked streets. Uh, Carolina and her companions sort of set out, in, a, in her words, to fix a problem she created. And that ends books one. So... <clears throat> Uh, it's a nice little ending, a big cliffhanger ending as uh, she and a, a couple of compatriots go off to see what they can do about this. Uh, Claudia has put like a, a QR code in the book with like a pair of headphones okay. symbol and it's, you can scan that and it takes you to a soundtrack you can listen to as you read the comic uh, to kind okay. of get you in the right frame. I thought that was a nice little touch. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. <laughs> right, my critique. Uh, Claudia's artwork, it's got like an absolute solid foundation in both form and color it, it's really nice uh it has like a kind of a warm hand-drawn sort of illustrative quality that you'd maybe find in like a no brow or an avery hill book okay it's not not synonymous with kind of like a, a manga or a, a, an american superhero comic if you know what i mean <clears throat> uh there's some great work throughout the comic i think if she invested a little more time on working on capturing facial expressions and body language It'd really serve her well in communicating like the emotional weight she's looking to convey within her stories as they're very much like <clears throat> humanist stories dealing with the environment and you're sort of yeah. living through these characters. So when they're getting upset or happy, whatever that's transferred into the reader. So when they're a little unsure of it, you're not sure what you're taking from the, the panel or the character, uh, the lettering design on the, the books, absolutely top notch, uh, I think facial acting, just going back to that, Dan, is a really important mm. aspect of comics that we don't really consider enough. I think if you if you look at someone like, you know, the late great Steve Dillon or even Alison Betchell or someone like that, big chunks of the story are communicated purely by looks and, um, you know, ways. But I don't think it's done enough at the moment in the UK sport press. I think we need to think more about it. Um, totally. Yeah, you've, really, you've really got to have that kind of... The, yeah. The, the, not only the facial expressions, the, the body and the hands, so expressive because you can do so much with it. Yeah, uh, if you don't have some show don't face, tell, yeah, yeah, like with a mask or something, 
having the hands gesticulate and and do stuff it's a great way of kind of informing the reader of uh emotions or something mr or cumber does very well i'm gonna say, I'm oh, say go. yeah he's very good at that but so what, uh, what sorry I, I was asleep what <laughs> he heard his name so yeah. when i say things scripts like i say like he looks angry but he's really quite calm cliff is like oh fucking hell what's he written now yeah. You know I mean? oh yeah i just i i'd never read i'd read your scripts but then i do my own thing <laughs> <laughs> so you heard, you can buy claudia's books at claudia matosa which is m-a-t-o-s-a.com you can find her on uh twitter at claudia matosa uh, and she's got a table of thought bubble so nice go work, check man. those books out cool okay stuff you're going to be in the jam in our sandwich vincenzo <laughs> well I've, I've got um i'm going to do a two well i've got two okay uh one of them is a short comic so it'll be a sh- short recommend i'll do just do, do you both together then or yeah yeah, yeah. well I'll, I'll do one and we'll, we'll see we'll see how it plays okay okay okay, anyway, okay, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Look, look at this we're just uh this is improv you know so, yes and <laughs> anyway um my first one is uh dream master from Black Box Comics. This is writer Jonathan Hedrick, art Luigi Baricelli, colours Ruben Curto, lettering DC Hopkins, and Baricelli does does the artwork as well. This is um, from blackboxcomics.net, um, of which you can find um, several different several issues of it, but this is issue one that was sent through to us. Cool. Um, the setup is, there is a forgotten paladin who protects us from our nightmares while we sleep. Without him, we may never wake up again. He is a dream master. His curse is to guard our unconscious bodies from an evil entity who wishes to enter our reality, collapsing it for all eternity. It's Tony. (laughs) (laughs) He's never in our dreams. Um, Yeah, this one... (laughs) This one, um, a thoroughly enjoyable um, sort of comic that is pretty much all in a in a dream world in a dreamscape so that that lends itself uh, the first issue pretty much drops you into the world with someone who's who's woken up in a in a nightmare world and is then immediately chased by like a werewolf like creature um through that um the dream master themselves appear and they've got the classic sort of they've got a comic book sort of design they've um this slightly sort of pulpy nature to them they've got a long trench coat but the trench coat is sort of torn at the edges some lovely color work going on with the bottom of the trench coat very dreamlike they've got a, a crossbow there's almost a sort of 90s inspired vibe to their sort of mask as well um, is it a bit is it a bit sort of vertigo-esque then a, li- a little bit little bit one okay. thing that it did sort of remind me of the sort of pacing and the first issue does sort of rip through um like it's, it's like 23 pages um and it is that sort of scenario the girl's being chased he saves her he's trying to get her out of the dream world they come across another sort of antagonist and as he as this is happening he's kind of explaining right this is what this is a nightmare i need to get you safe you know he's explaining the setup for this world you know it's a good example of a, of a first issue doing exactly what it's supposed to do which is this is what the comic is about do you know what I mean? There is a lot of first issues that sometimes we get to the end of them and be like, so what's the comic about, really? You've done a lot of set, like talking, discussing, okay. but I, but this one's very... And i tell you what it reminded me of. Maybe because it's a little bit... I'm on, on a sort of a, a retro um, UK comics uh, tip at the moment. Obviously, we're reading some Strontium Dog and some Battle and some Eagles. I'm just getting into that jam of like that short-paced... You know, we yeah. had four, six pages, and it was just bam, bam, bam. This, there's certain parts of this comic that really had that sort of energy to, to them. Like something happens, something turns up, and th- then you've got the main character going, 
well this is this this is like that you know and they're just pretty much describing it so much so that i i kind of looked at the page and just think well the coloring's lovely but the art's so beautiful that i'd also like to see a black and white version of it as well because the line work is so sort of intricate and also reminded me of like the two this i think like a 2000 ad crowd mixed with those who, who have a fondness for vertigo like and the stat you know that sort of 90s sort of era comics very much like that um i think there's five issues so far um I oh, don't wow, know, okay yeah i don't know what the the la- the larger scope is for the series but okay. to be honest i was very impressed where are the credits from Lee? i think they are i don't want to it's an american company I don't want to okay, speak fair enough. For yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the company. It's like a small um, press company sort of thing, so it's yeah, likely to be American. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And 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 you look at it, you look at um blackboxcomics.net as well. They've got like uh, you can see that they've got lots of like sci-fi and sort of fantasy sort of tales and there's one but it seems to be quite culturally wide, if you know what I mean. There's yeah. there's there's certain sort of there's one about devil. They've even got a section that's about like religious comics and stuff and there's Oh. Yeah, there's all kinds of di- different things going on there, but but Dream Master was definitely it was a good pick for them to send through to us because it was it hit me at right at the right spot where I was like, oh yeah, this is quite cool. Um, and you set up the antagonist at the end of the issue, a, a popular sort of conceit. Um, by the end of it, the person who was dropped into this dream kind of wakes up from it and is saved. Um, but there was a close up on their feet and you can see their feet has dirt on it so they were physically in in that dream don't get me wrong that if i'm mentioning stuff that's probably got tropes of like you know nightmare on elm street or you know things like that that's yeah. no, no doubt where things you know the, the influence imagine nightmare on elm street mixed with the sandman and because okay. some of the pages of, of like the background so there was one splash page which i was saying because it's quite a lot of line work and you know intricate sort of pen work um, lovely stuff and as he's doing the classic comics it's a splash page but there's several different versions of them walking along this long this winding path people moving within the space yeah the moving page. within the space yeah. and the conversation is moving with them easy to follow as well they handled it really well um there's just the little details of strange dream-like shapes and creatures and it's it's just weird none of it kind of makes sense which is why it makes sense because it's a dream. It really does feel like a dream world. But the path they're walking on as they're walking up these steps, every single one of these steps is a mattress, <laughs> which All I right. thought was a really nice touch. It added texture, you know, to it, um, which I didn't expect. I thought oh, that's not, that's a novel design touch. There's some lovely design touches on it. So yeah, it just really surprised me because the cover itself um, feels very much. I would say that the cover is not a negative because it's, it's, it's a well-drawn cover. It's a well-crafted cover. I would like a stronger sort of header, like we said. We talk about the masthead yeah. in the comics. Um, the Dream Master looks a little... Um, this is going to sound horrible when I say it. Um, full Moon Video title design. Do you know what I mean? It's someone's, okay. put, a, someone's put a drop uh, texture in the words and put a drop shadow on it in Photoshop. That appears to be a theme because I've got two where I thought you need to make the the cut co- the cover title more iconic so i yeah. can read it from a distance and i think that's i think that's a common fault in comics at the moment yeah. if they're not yeah. making the cover stuff like that identifier as strong as they can you yeah know? yeah and i think to be honest i like that the cover is i know there's variant it's one of the it's one of these companies that have lots of different variants of, of the right. and stuff like you know you get a scout and stuff and you can order the different variants i like that the one we saw 
is the art that's on the inside. Do you know what I mean? So it felt yeah. very, it just felt together. Um, like I say, um, an in, enjoyable comic. Maybe maybe some tweaks here and there, but I, I you know, there wasn't anything really. I mean, I've haven't really heard of black box comics before, so I see not really. Else, not no. What else no. I've done? Uh, a, a US. Um, studio so um blackboxcomics.net they're also on facebook.com slash black box comics so cool. there you go check that because it was just good fun and uh, the other one i just want to briefly mention i know i've been ranting for 10 minutes it's, it's a, very, right. a very short comic uh by uh Mark, mike armstrong who is sent through um his book bigger this is a word- oh you read this one did you yeah, okay yeah. yeah this is a wordless uh short story about discovery connection and loss um with also, I mean, there's, it's only like a um, six pages or so. Um, this one reminded me a bit of sort of a kid's version of Om, that sort of thing. Yeah, there okay. Is a, yeah. There is a, yeah. there is a little bit of that. There's obviously, um, oh, what's that Sasquatch book in America? Oh God, I've forgotten the for, forgotten um, the name of it now. There's a Yeti sort of. Um, it's like it's a very kid friendly sort of style. Wonderful sort of cartoon. It is black and white. I don't want to give too much away about it it's a very um about a child sort of meeting a creature in the woodland and how that plays forward but it is a a quite touching story in its own way and um in the in the inside cover for my father and my daughter um mike says and i totally see you can totally see what he's saying in this story this because you know a friendly sort of monster uh well, monster's the wrong term like this friendly sort of creature that he, uh, he has fun with and then his life and and time passes he does a lot in the six pages and it's really quite touching so that by the end of it there's a sort of a, a bit of sweetness with layered things i can i can totally see i think the important part of this is i totally get what mike's done here this is uh, a web comic or something I think it was a webcomic. I think he, it's his first um, book. I, um, forgive me, I've got... Where's where's Mike's email? Um, I think it's his first work, which he's only just released. Um, you can go to mike-armstrong.com. Um, Mike underscore Armstrong on social media as well. Um, yeah, but this is, this is a strong opening. I also like the fact that it's wordless as well. I think, uh, you know, um, we're possibly thinking about doing a, a show upcoming about like wordless and silent yeah. comics. Um, yep. And this is this is a good example of it. Well, to, yeah, <laughs> to sort of tell a story that that says a lot without saying anything, which I think is a. It is you a say skill. the most when you say nothing at all. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> That's what people say to me all the time. I think, <laughs> I think they're having a dig there. Um, yeah. yeah. So Bastards. bigger, bigger by Mike Armstrong it is a lovely, lovely little sort of book it was, and it's all ages as well. I think everyone will enjoy this. Cool. Nice design on the character in that. Yeah, little... exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 The, the cover's very striking as well. So, really cool. Good work, V-Man. Shall I do my next one? Yeah, go yeah, for it. Next one is Land of Danger. I'm sorry about this, Cliff. You have to <laughs> sit through a lot. You're right there, babes. Oh, yeah. No, it's like, uh, I just for a second, it's like um, I'm just listening to the show. It's like a Monday morning. For me, so. <laughs> You're aroused. You guys, go for it. I'm, I'm right here. Super aroused. Cat couldn't scratch it kind of mood, yeah. Oh, yeah, just keep going because I'm nearly at the cover. Jesus Christ, Tony. <laughs> <laughs> it's the line from Cocoon. That's all right. Um, right, so Land of Danger, issue one, aka Don't Let Your Youth Go to Waste. Um, straight off the bat, guys, sort the sort the logo on the cover out. Can't read it. It's it's done in bamboo sort of thing. 
So it's it's very stylized. It's it's very in keeping with the theme of the comic, but you can't read it. You got to think about it. Um, it's um, it just doesn't read right. Um, the cover itself has got a lovely storytelling technique, which I love. I love when a cover tells you a story if you pay attention to it. If, so just randomly, if you looked at it, you'd, it looks like the female character from the story running through the waves and things happening around it. But it's, that's the story, which you'll find out in a second. So it's published, get this, by the College of the Marshall Islands, which is a country in Micronesia, which is where this story, a part of the story takes place. And this, again, has an environmental theme to it. Again, we just talked about there. The, um, yeah. The, uh, it's so written, there's quite a cast of writers, actually. Danity Laucon, Charlotte de Brune, um, Wayne Kijimer, Kijina, and Andrew Irvin. Now, uh, Danity is a member of the youth-led movement MISA, for the Pacific, an anti-nuclear and environmental movement, and the project was spearheaded, or so I've read on a, a different review site, by Andrew Irvin, who's a project officer for the Micronesian Islands anti-nuclear movement. So it's 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 trying to do the right thing. So as you know, it's, it's adopted this environmental theme. But what it does, interestingly, is it does it without just sort of lecturing at you. It tells you a story in order for you to learn, which I think is, a, is really nice. There's a contents page, which is the sort of contents page which would cause Vince to moan at me for about half an hour if I sent it to him. Um, <laughs> work out, work out the contents page. So what's happened is they put a lovely bit of art on the contents page, and they haven't. They thought, well, we don't want to put writing over the top of it, because so they sort of cram it in at the top. So maybe use that as a back cover or something, guys. I would say if yeah. it was me. Yeah. Um, Alex is the daughter of a family that's from the Marshall Islands, but they move about her, with her dad's business. Initially, the dad goes to work in Japan, and then he goes to Ohio in the US. Um, and the story sort of switches up a bit. We get that family history, and the story switches up a bit where she's at a gig, and she gets a bit bored, and she goes wandering about, and she begins to suspect that two of the roadies who are selling CDs are actually something else entirely. And you begin to realize that she has this special ability to hear sounds outside of the range of normal humans. This may be because of where she grew up, being near to nuclear experiments carried out um, um, in the islands there, I think by the US. And these two um, roadies, who are in fact aliens, give her a gift that allows her to jump through liquid and appear somewhere. So a portal through a liquid surface. Okay. So it can be through spilt beer. It can be through a puddle. Hilariously, at one point, it's, she comes out of someone's toilet, stuff like that. But it assists her in a number of the ventures that take place as part of the storyline. Um, the story flashes forward then at that point to when she's much more grown up and she's working um, with a girl called Margot and their private eyes and they're on a boat and they're filming a philandering rich millionaire husband um, who's having an affair just to get a paycheck. And then what happens is she um, she in, in, she finishes that, delivers the film and then ends up getting involved in something that involves something much more serious and this is where the story takes off. And it's one that really matters. It, it involves toxic waste and big business and that sort of that sort of area. Um, and that's where the story begins to continue. This is the first in the series. It's essentially a young reader's book that has adventure and detective storylines in it. Um, the I would say I, I think it's I think it's fresh it's original the characters are really uh, for me even as a, an adult man they're interesting enough for me to carry on reading it sort the lettering out there's there's some real issues with lettering there's they color box who's speaking which is something we've seen before haven't we we've seen tinted color but it makes it 
you you shouldn't have to work out a color code to figure out who's talking it should be naturally arising as part of the lettering i'm going to say so think about what yeah. you're doing there in the last few pages i think they want to give credit to the um to the language that they're speaking so you have their own language and then you have a much more almost like half the size point in the the text the english language translation of it and i see what they're trying to do they're trying to sort of um footnote the english language but within the same panel within the same balloon yeah and it's just too small you can't read yeah. it so, so it's trying to have the translation within within the, the same balloon yeah. Yeah. yeah it took a bit of getting my head around it and my old eyes reading it on a massive monitor to be able to figure it out so just think about that i think do, what you've do, got do you think is you... it would be better off just to having like a a translated version and an original language version. Uh, yeah. I think maybe do it once and then just carry on in English. You know the way comics do. They, I they, they had translate this, it. When Viper 2, it's originally going to be, there's a bit page at the beginning of it, which is all in Russian. And I was yeah. like, Russian with subtitles under the bottom of each panel. It takes so much room. Yeah. And it's yeah. like, it's a barrier between the person reading the comic and understanding it and enjoying it. It'd be fun to do that. Yeah. But it's easier just to like, yeah. translate it from Russian. I think, I think it is nice to have, so I can see where they're doing it. You know, yeah. this is a language that, you know, needs to be reclaimed and perhaps we should know more mm. about it and stuff. But the it also has to has to be accessible to people yeah. reading it. Yeah. And uh, it's not as not as well done. So I, I think you could do with re-lettering it. I'll be honest with you. Just go straight to get a proper letter on who knows who speaks on which side first, what the flow of balloons should look like. And it, it would be a much bit, a much cleaner read if that makes sense I'm not saying it's bad i think i enjoyed this i think it's a great she's a cracking little character yeah you know it's a great bit of gumption great, about her that is a great uh power um concept as well yeah it is yeah. nice isn't it it's like like a night crawler but with an yeah. environmental message in it you know sort of thing so you can find um you can find the the um the project in it on twitter at misa for number four the pacific misa for the pacific yeah don't follow them and i think it's just been kick-started this book so should be available. It's What's on that, I'm, looking, I'm looking at it now, Tony. It's on. It is on Kickstarter. Yeah. Oh, it's still but, funding, um, is it? Yeah, uh, yeah. You can back it. I'm actually going to back it. But fascinating that it's the College of the Marshall Islands. That just sounds Isn't it amazing. So yeah. cool. Isn't it amazing. Uh, I ended up doing a dive. I ended up doing a dive on it and looking at it on Google Earth and looking at the you know nice. Wikipedia page and that sort of thing. What a place! It's, they're saying yeah. it's like the first comic to come out of that. Um, Which out of that college, I believe. Yeah. And it says all the funds uh, go to CMI to support professional development of a new generally generation of Marshallese creative writers, artists, and entrepreneurs. So Brilliant. I think it was fascinating oh, to see even more comics yeah. come out of um, yeah, 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 yeah. And yeah, when's it run amazing. out? Though? When when does the campaign run out, dude? Uh, good question. Uh, so it's uh, it's about halfway through. I think. Okay. So twenty three days to go. They've raised. Is it funded or? Uh, no, they've raised about half. Uh, about three thousand five hundred dollars of a six six thousand five hundred dollar goal. Twenty three oh, nice. So, um, yeah. I'm definitely going to back that because yeah, uh, yeah get on I, that, I guys. Think, yeah, what there a you great go. project. Yeah. So just go yeah. to Kickstarter and look up Land of Danger. Yeah. There you yeah. Go, and you should be able to find the, it. The only yeah. minor thing I, I would say um, hmm. about it, and like, I thoroughly just go and back it, um, is <laughs> I would take off the issue one part of it. And I know, like for yeah. instance, when this book ends it says the end and the next page they will return in land of danger issue two i think maybe yeah it could maybe be, maybe it should be land of danger don't let our youth go to waste is the first book 
and then, and when then land of danger, you know, whatever the, the storyline is, is. Yeah, yeah. Rather, rather than because sometimes numbering can be a crutch. Sometimes yeah. it, could, it, it could just be mm. right. Each each book is a is a one and done tale of that character. You know, yeah. someone's going to say, "When's issue two out?" You know, someone's going to yeah. say it to you. We've all been there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> so part of the pledge level is um, uh, uh, issue two cameos. So it looks like they're committing to a second issue, oh, uh, cool. which is going to be great. But um, they got some good, actually, really reasonable pledge levels on here for oh, it. Good so to see. three three bucks for a digital download, six bucks for a physical copy, and the digital download. That's good money, uh, fifteen, man, 15 good. bucks for issue one with a sketch postcard. That's right. So, yeah, I've, I've seen some comics that are that length there. that are charging fifteen bucks, fifteen yeah, quid. Exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, looks good. Yeah, good stuff, man. Indeed. That's my second one. Right. Okay. Who's next? Who's next? Do we have any more? Any more? Yeah, man, you got one more. I've got yeah. one. Uh, another review. Sex Night. Oh yeah. By <laughs> Frank the writer. I think uh, there's a little bit of confusion here. There's only one name credited on the front of the book called uh, Martin Gunther, which I think is the artist. Right. So I'm going to treat that as fact. So there's no credits page that tells me who's done what. So I'm going to refer to Martin as the artist and Frank as the writer. Uh, so Sex Night it tells the story of a young couple. Uh, they're trying to fit together a night of uh, uh, love play uh, into their, 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 their lives and they've got to juggle parenthood, their, their jobs, busy lives, etc. Uh, we sort of <laughs> see them going through the motions of trying to sort of uh, get in the groove before eventually they they find their, their rhythm, as it were. Uh, <laughs> Art-wise, I would have liked to have seen a bit more reference in Martin's work because... Uh, we're trying to very build up straightforward, a isn't it? Yeah, very straightforward. Yeah, there's no, no flair to it almost. Quite functional, like if he's yeah. essentially set in this couple's bedroom and everything's quite bare and sparse. It doesn't feel like a lived-in room. I'd like a bit more detail, like pictures, photos on the wall. Uh, you know, just little things. It doesn't have to be like uh, Jeff Darrow levels of detail, but just a bit to oh. sort of. I, I read I read it and I did enjoy it, man. I thought it was okay and I thought it felt it felt real. The characters were explored. But I I just feel like if you're gonna make a comic about that, do it with everything that you can do with a comic. Yeah. I think, you know, have some sort of flights of fantasy and some more stylized panels. Yeah. It was just it was just a bit too straightforward artistically yeah. to me, I think. Not but it's not a bad eyes. It's just no, 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 not perhaps a different style. I, even, you know? I would say the the style is more like American superhero. The kind yeah. of the mother and father figures look like yeah. they kind of leapt out of a page of uh, a Marvel or DC book. Uh, maybe I'd like to see them a bit more kind of like homely or average, but yeah, good point, actually. A, a, dis- a different kind of take art- art-wise. Yeah, that's a good point, man, actually. Yeah, uh, I think that might this, be a this, more of a personal thing. This but... is the sort of thing that if someone like Fingerman did it, they'd kill on it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think. Uh, it, de- yeah. it kind of depends, yeah, as an artist kind of. I think I would struggle with this, if I'm honest. Like this yeah, yeah. script, I'm like, yeah. kind of like, oh shit, I'm not sure how to approach this. I hate to wait. I hate to think where Cliff will go with it. I'll be honest. With you. <laughs> so there's some kind of artistic things I'm going to kind of note. Uh, like there's a there's a scene where she, the, the the wife says, "Turn the lights off," but there's no change in. Yeah, I wondered co- about that one. Color palette yeah. from one to the other. So I was like, I'm not sure what's happened there. I'd love to have seen it gone to a bit more blue, or even if you had like the scenes blue and you had one of the, the bed lamps on, and that's the light. Is orange or something? Do you know I mean? We need a change to see the lights have gone off. I'm not sure. Yeah. If they did or didn't go off in 
the the, the, the script or the comic. I don't know because she says turn the lights off, but I'm not sure if that actually happens. So yeah, they actually say, do you want lights on or lights off? And she says turn them off, and then yeah, everything stays the same. I, yeah. I mean, I'm not sure what happened there. Yeah, I, I haven't made my mind up about that. So one, there's yeah. there's yeah. a bit when uh, they're, they're they're in bed and the lady says, "Oh, can you put on the sex music?" So the guy turns to his bedside table and he says to his Amazon dot, like play the sex list or whatever. But for the five pages before that, that bedside table has been empty. So right. As an artist, you kind of need to read forward in the script, see what you need to do and have props that are relevant yeah. to the story. I mean, as a writer, I, if I was writing that scene, I would say, right, yeah. there's an Amazon dot on this. It has to be there because it plays up later in the comic. Yeah, I'll, I'll go. That. <clears throat> I'll actually make that point to a, to an artist, and I'll say he needs to have a rifle because the rifle will be relevant in a few pages. Yeah, and there's nothing to stop you when you're writing a script go going back when you think, oh, this would be good if I have a rifle. Right, I better go back to page two when he first appears and say he's got a rifle on him. Yeah. You can actually go back in the word of the world pro, word processor, can't you? You know, you can yeah. go and do that. So that, so, that yeah. actually reminds me that I do actually need to go back in some of your scripts, Tony. <laughs> But like I've left out. Sorry about that. Sometimes <laughs> like right. that, you'll have to go. You as an artist, you're gonna have. You might have to consider going back and kind of amending that. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Take it, take a look through. But <clears throat> it's something you can kind of pick up and work on. I've, I've fucked up. I've done that. Like yeah. I've not clocked something in the script for oh fucking hell. And I've had to go back and Photoshop in something. Uh, <laughs> so it's an well, easy mistake to make, though. I mean, that's a thing. very easy. Yeah. yeah, really. I, 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 I don't think you could. There's probably every artist who's who's ever drawn a comic has done something like that, you know. Oh, yeah, sure, totally, yeah. and every writer. But, but it, yeah. I mean, it's but it is it's like that eye for a detail because you know you're being judged as an artist on small things like that as you draw them. So yeah, yeah. But I mean, if that's that's a punchline to a bit in the script and a joke and a funny moment, you know, that's yeah. got to be there. It's got to be there. Uh, quick, quick mention about the cover. It is there's a is it a separate woman to the woman in the comic because the woman in the comic is blonde here and the woman on the cover is a brunette. So is he sort of playing okay. away there? Yeah, I'm not, not too sure. Well, that's going to uh, happen in issue two. Yeah, maybe. Get yeah. sex night two. Threesome. Too, too sexy. It's a bonus, so, bonus woman. So the plot-wise <laughs> of the comic, the, the tone of the comic is kind of like a kind of middle ground between farce and slice of life. Uh, if I was going to be a writer, I would say either push for one or the other and not play the middle ground. So if you're okay. going to do like a kind of farce where everything's going wrong fucking sinks falling off the wall the dog comes running in and the batteries and vibrate don't work yeah something yeah. like that go for that angle if you're going to kind of go for a more serious kind of there's a couple they're, they're kind of having a bit of trouble with their sex life and it's playing out in the bedroom go for that angle but i think if you play down the middle you you're having to deal with the problems inherent in both do you know what i mean you can't go too fast cool because then you're pulling away from the slice of life and vice versa if you start getting too real maybe it won't work when you're trying to <clears throat> bring up the more crazy comedy comedy elements where the dog runs in and bites the guy's knob it would say do you know what i mean that doesn't happen <laughs> yeah, in comedy, yeah, yeah. but yeah so uh yeah so when i've had a dog so long i can't i can't get hard unless he's making eye contact with me <laughs> do you know what i mean and you've, you've also got a dog that bites you on your on your knob no yeah. he does bite me just not so far on my knob no, not a chance clear. i wouldn't put it beyond him goes nowhere near him nowhere near him yeah. Uh, I was that's a lie. Saying, if you've heard that, that's a lie. I'm not attracted to the dog at all. With, with the comic, like Sex Night, and it's like uh, you're watching two people being uh, intimate, but it's very tame. Like I'm not looking. I'm not saying like go fucking uh, Pornhub here on this comic. 
But like, there's a scene where the guy asks, oh, you're going to take your bra off? And she says, no, I'm not going to take my bra off. That's not going to happen. And I'm not sure if that's a character trait or the artist creator didn't want uh, a woman's boobs in the comic. Do you know what I mean? I, so, I, yeah, I get you. yeah. Does it have any nine panel? No nine panel structure. No nine panel structures. <laughs> so again, taking this back to like, are you doing farce or real life? If you're going to go and make a sex comic, that's kind of going for it. I'm not talking like you have to be very explicit, but like if you can do that, do that. But if you're not, why are you doing a comic about an adult sex night? Do you know what I mean? It's like we're we're not. You're not going to. You're going to talk about this subject, but you're not going to explore it too much. So I'll just maybe consider that if you're kind of when you when you go forward. Uh, but in that respect, when you're reading the comic, uh, it's l- like a voyeuristic look at two people in a way of actually kind of getting it on. And it's like, fuck it, this is quite awkward and embarrassing. Yeah, it's quite uncomfortable in a yeah, way, isn't it? I'm, I'm, I'm sure it's quite I kind of feel it's kind of meant to be. Yeah. But it's almost. Yeah, it's weird. The, you know the mo- you know the mo- that sort of moment between a husband and wife. Don't know about do you? Do you know what I mean? No. Yeah, yeah. Everyone's has different relation. Uh, oh, mate, the freaky shit I get up to. Yeah, interpersonal relationships. At least you get up to stuff. And who yeah. am I to say if that's that's normal or not? We will kind of do different stuff. So, but when they were kind of going for it, I was like, "Is this is this real or is this?" happen I, I i don't know it's, it's completely it maybe this interpersonal thing that these two people have maybe it's drawn from the writer or creator's uh life or experiences or something he's had so in that respect it actually does a, a fantastic job of sort of well to uh, be fair i'm always saying if you're going to fight if you're going to write about fighting a ball you've got to go and fight a ball so maybe ball. he's done the right thing there yeah. you know where can you where can you find this one this one is actually rocking up on kickstarter on the oh okay day. Uh, if you want to check out the writer, it's at Frank the Writer on Twitter and it's frankthewriter.com. You can find it on Twitter, uh, Sex Night. Uh, one last thing, it's got a nice little bit at the ending where you've got like a choose your ending. I wondered so you, about this. Yeah, like an alternate ending, isn't you've it? You've got yeah. three three alternative endings you can go for. He's sort of the, the chap's mid-stroke and you, I'm not going to spoil it, but you can choose three, <laughs> three endings, what he's going to go for. And each, each one plays out in the comic and you can see where it goes. So... If you want to find out what the ending's going to be, you're going to have to back that back that comic on Kickstarter. Right. Well, there you go. Mm, That's cool. a tease. What a tease. What a yeah. Tease. yeah. yeah. Uh, my last one is very quick. Um, Junction Jones and the Corduroy Conspiracy. As you all know, I love a bit of fucking Corduroy, and I'm <laughs> launching it in the halls of Cardiff University, wandering around. Um, <laughs> published by Scout Comics, 32 pages. Script and letters by T.C. Pescatori. Art by Loco Gonzalez. That's one word. Design work by Lisa Chang and Tom McKnight, editor Joshua Malkin, uh, described by the Scout site as a blend between cyberpunk and film noir. I'm going to make them right on that. According to the writer, it is, get this, and this is a small quote of a longer sentence, a longer paragraph, a small exercise in understanding the great mythological history of an unknowable and lost America. Fuck me, that's big shoes he's got there if he's saying that, but there you go. Um, So this is based in a future city called the... um, uh, eponymous the junction a detective called junction jones and his cat mr mr nibs discover a dead body in an alleyway um mr nibs talks as well that's kind of part of the reveal in the issue you'll see uh this came out i think in march this year this first issue and the second issue i'm guessing is due soon their intention is to make money mr nibs and junction jones from a mutated corpse they find 
But whilst they're there examining the corpse and beginning to pull something from it, a team of futuristic men, women, an anthropomorphic cat and a dog arrive to collect the corpse themselves. And there's something going on with this corpse. Um, this becomes a sort of prolonged standoff where Jones attempts to tell them a joke as a distraction. Um, then finally, at the end of the comic, we get a nice action sequence, like a fight between the two groups. You, you feel it coming during this sort of dense confrontation and conversation they have at the start. Um, Cover-wise, um, it's, it's part of that thing that's going on all the time where the cover suffers from being a little boring. It's got that annoying current thing of having the two characters with their backs to the readers. I'm not sure why they did this because there's no big reveal as to who the characters are in the comic and just seeing the backs of people, I never think is particularly interesting. You know, you want to make these characters interesting and, and noteworthy as you can, and you want people to buy the comic off the cover. And then the, 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 the bottom quarter of the page is, I'm not sure what the effect is meant to be. It's almost like meant to be that they're standing in maybe gas or something like that, but it just looks like they're standing in a, a like a load of snow or something and almost like the, the bottom quarter of the page hasn't isn't isn't drawn it's a strange okay. effect on the cover i don't know it does to a certain extent tell a story but there would be to me other ways of doing it that would be much more impactful and grab you know and grab you um you could there's this massive fight in it which is no secret that it's coming up because you feel it's going to happen anytime show that don't just show the backs of two characters yeah down an alleyway um i would say the the world building stuff is good you get this it's it's dystopian again you get this world but they're sort of they're in the bowels of this world they're in a dirty alley in a sci-fi world if that makes sense which is kind of something we see a lot of but it's it's nicely done in black and white here um there are some pacing issues with it part of the i mean it's in the it's in the um the teaser on the scout site so i can talk about it without ruining anything but in order to break up the tension and give him himself a chance to get ready he tells a long joke and it reminds me of anyone seen that movie Desperado where Tarantino's an actor in it and he tells a joke in a bar. Yeah. Another one. This one uh, goes on, but this joke goes on for pages and pages. Honestly, I got a bit exhausted, couldn't bother to read the end of it, and it doesn't really land. So just be careful with that. When you're going to have what's the the words of Bendis is drop yourself into the action at the start of the story. And we don't we get a long, long lead into into what is actually a really well handled fight and looks great with this art style. Um there's a few variant covers for it. Um, the the black and white works well, but there's some muddy printing issues with it. It's too muddy. The it's got a, a little bit of um, a Hellboy esque art style to it. You know, Magnolia Magnolia style black and white, heavy heavy ink style to it. But it it muddies everything a little bit. You don't really see a lot of the stuff very clearly. So I would say just be careful of that. But it's it's a good it's a good oh and there's a couple of very emphatically landing spelling mistakes in it so get it proofread. Um, but the for, if you were a fan of um, cyberpunk comics, I would say this is going to be straight up your street. I would say go and go and have a look at this. The characters of um, Junction Jones and Mister Nibs, they're they're kind of cool. I kind of they they work as that buddy cop noir detective. You know, two hundred two hundred bucks a day in expenses kind of characters. But there's something else going on here. There's almost like an alien disease conspiracy thing going on with this 
this team who turn up, I won't spoil who they are, but there's this team who turn up to recover the body and you know there's something wrong going on. And you realise that Junction Jones is being pulled into this storyline, pulled into this storyline and being pulled into this conspiracy and getting in over his head. It's got that, I like that PI kind of storyline thing going on. So yeah, so there you go. Junction Jones and the cons- the Cordroy conspiracy. Um, it's 32 pages published by Scout. It came out in March. I think you can probably get it on Comixology actually. I wouldn't be surprised. And, if, and look out for issue two as well. That's my third one. Cool. No, Tons for you to check out this week. Um, yeah. We hope you enjoyed this week's um, extensive um, chat and all the recommendations and everything. If there's anything you want us to talk about on upcoming shows or if there's any um, charitable um, works you're working on or any new comic movements you want us to discover and talk about and therefore uh, pimp out on the show, there's several different ways you can get in touch with us. You can email us awesomecomicspod at gmail.com. Follow us on social media at the Awesome Pod. Follow us, uh, well, thank you for listening, whether it was on the website, awesomecomics.podbean.com. Um, if you listen on Apple Podcasts, just uh, leave a nice review and subscribe and get the word out yeah. about the show. It really helps. And therefore, more people will discover all these comics that we talk about on a weekly basis. If you listen to us on other networks, such as Spotify, Amazon, Stitcher, Podnose, Podknife, what are the networks are we on, Tony? We're on a couple. We're on Pod, it looked like a gravy taster's tongue. Ugh. And um, Pod, she was so old it looked like Captain Birdseye's chin. Oh, God. <laughs> Don't ask people. Probably best not to ask. But um, And oh, we're also on Pod, one from the bottom, please, Rachel. Just, just stop. <laughs> just stop. Um, <laughs> but if you want to join the wonderful community of people on the Awesome Comics Podcast Slack, get in touch. Keep the conversation going. Let us know about your work and get hints tips and just keep it going because the slack is a brilliant place to be let's get in touch yeah. with us about that speaking about uh finding us online etc where can people find us online tony never on anything.com this week myself and al did a, a deep dive on um the magneto origin story which uh is quite impactful and couldn't come at a better time politically speaking of um of what we're talking about so go and have a listen to that one nice dan you can find me on Twitter at Vanguard Comic, and you can read Vanguard at VanguardComic.com. Nice. You can find me on social media at Jester Diablo. And thank you very much, Mr. Cliff Cumber, for joining us. Cheers, Cliff. It's been a while. Oh, you're welcome. Yes. Uh, I'm so glad you remembered my name. Call me oh, by the course. proper title. Yeah, <laughs> Where can people find you and your work and your ranting, etc.? <laughs> so you can find me on Twitter, uh, Instagram, and God help me, TikTok, uh, at CG Cumber. <laughs> Um, if you want to read me sort of ranting on about comics and, and various things, and I have a column in the local newspaper, you can find it at long, uh, thelongbox.substack.com or fredericknewspost.com uh, backslash 72 underscore hours. But uh, sadly, people in the UK probably won't be able to read it because it's kind of like it's a great mate as well it's really good uh, which i apologize for but yeah thank you tony thank you T. yeah you're gonna um, do you put some of it out on your sub stack as well or i do yeah i try and so for the uk readers uh i try and put up like a either a pdf or something of of the article so people can see it it's a free publication so they they don't lose any 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 cash over that so yeah awesome yeah awesome. thank you thank you, work, you. go follow him and check it all out because it's well worth it and uh that's why we're friends with him because he's nice yeah and, and we're meeting up for dinner. We're meeting up for dinner in a week. Yeah. We are, yeah, absolutely. Sunday you lunch. guys are welcome to come if, if you want yeah. to. Oh, sure. oh, there you go. He's, he's invited. 
all of you lovely people everyone which, listening wait, yeah everyone listening everybody, <laughs> everybody. <laughs> it'll be like a new convention of, of sorts oh, people can just well, we've go. got convention next year and we we don't we, we're going we do, by, yeah, by yeah. annually yeah 2024 every two years oh god convention. it'll be here before you know it you, and, you know uh, who'll be nice uh, who'll be nice to see at that go for it it'll be vince vince we, yeah he missed yeah. he missed there, the inaugural dude. one we need him at this one yeah, yeah it wasn't the same I think it will happen next time because sometimes you just got to give the people what they want. And what... <laughs> I was getting abused, so clearly that's what people like. That's what people want. Um, but join us next week for more great comics chat. Uh, wherever you are in the world, we hope you are doing. You're doing okay. You're happy, healthy, because we all love you very much, don't we, Dan? We do indeed. Cliff, I know you love the listeners. Oh, they give me a Krakoa every time. <laughs> Tony, what? Say it. Say so what? So you it. Say, oh, I don't love anyone. No. Love's a made-up thing for greeting cards. Uh, <laughs> that, that, you like the Grinch, like like a twenty. The love Grinch. Yeah, love Grinch. There's a comic idea. Oh god. Copyright. Yeah. It'll come out from tribute soon enough. Be on the boning so, channel. So, from all of us here in ACB Towers, have a brilliant week. Read loads of comics. Make loads of comics. And uh, what else should they do, guys? Stay awesome. Stay awesome. Yeah, that's a good one. I'm happy with that. So flash. Yeah, I do. Bye, everyone. See you later. Bye. So fetch. Bye. <laughs> <For color. laughs>